Hello everybody, and welcome back to OMB Reviews. I am the critic who is a cynic, and welcome to the third annual Wednesday Raven Awards, which just so happens to be episode 243 of the Welcome to Asgard podcast. Tonight is a very special night. It is a night where we boycott the Oscars. It is a night where we celebrate the best and the worst in film and pop culture. And it is also an historic night because if I have done my calculations correctly, I am now not only streaming to YouTube, I am not only streaming to DLive, I am not only streaming to Periscope, but I think I have actually figured out a way where I am actually currently live over on Odyssey at the same time. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and check it out. And yes, the stream is still up over on Odyssey. So I have figured it out. I have figured out how to get the stream up on four different platforms simultaneously, including Odyssey. And I'm actually quite excited for it. Now, obviously, if there's any issues on Odyssey's end or on any of the other ends, mainly YouTube's tonight, we will, of course, uh, stop the project there and get... It's basically I'm using a... I'm using this new thing in Streamlabs OBS where you can use it as a virtual camera. And I have that going over to regular OBS. So I have two OBSs going right now. And I would tell Gary, someone just says, tell Gary, Fred, I would. However, I think that this would probably drive him insane. Because <laughs> I'm using Restream to get to, uh, to rather to get to DLive YouTube and to also get to uh, Periscope as well. But I'm using OBS, the regular OBS, and also virtual camera to get it over on uh, on Odyssey as well. Yeah, Gary would boomer it, as Laura is saying. So if you're watching over on Odyssey, hail to you. Smoking Wraith over there on Odyssey. Divine Dragoon 999, hello to you as well. Thank you for joining on Odyssey. I'm going to try and show every platform uh, as much love as I can, but obviously most people are going to be watching this stream on YouTube, and that's where most of my attention is going to be. So before we get this show started, and yes, I saw a couple people, thank you for acknowledging the Tux shirt. Don't you like how I have a jacket over the Tux shirt? See how there's already a, a jacket on the shirt? I could have just done the shirt, but I felt like I wanted to be extra fancy, so I have a jacket on top of my tuck shirt. I think it's quite nice. I think it's quite a nice setup. So let's say hello to some people before we get started. We had Grumpy Old Ninja Kentaro Oi. Welcome. Thank you for joining us once again. We got Silver Axe 13 saying, I'm pulling for Birds of Prey to win every category. It's nominated in Girl Power. Um, I, I don't know what category specifically you wanted to win in or not. Because there are some categories that you don't want to actually win. But hey, we both talk about the best and the worst in film going on this year. By the way, I did post the Odyssey link earlier in the chat around 721 if anyone wants to, to test it out. But yeah, so cool to be on Odyssey 
YouTube, DLive, and Periscope. Got all the bases covered. If anyone's done with any of those platforms, you've got plenty of alternatives. Right now, to my knowledge, the only issue on Odyssey is that there might be a slight delay in the voice, like the actual uh, my words and the actual uh, my mouth moving and the words coming out. But I, I listened to it, and it didn't seem so bad as to be distracting. But anyway, if that's what's going on, um, there might be a way for me to fix that in the future if this becomes a, a way of streaming. Because, I'm again, you have no idea how excited I am to actually be here over on Odyssey Streaming. Uh, Bobo Yogi says, Hail folks, just jumped over here from YouTube to see if streaming was working on Odyssey. Boom! Bobo Yogi, sounds like it is working. Hopefully everything is sounding swimmingly over there. Uh, and yeah, very excited to be trying out the live stream platform on Odyssey. Matthew Highland in the chat, chat tagging says, Hey, I just got finished watching The Departed for my Leonardo DiCaprio-thon, and I am ready for the Raven Awards. Thank you. Yes, this is the third annual. It's crazy to think this is the third year in a row that we're doing the Raven Awards. And it's also crazy that the Oscars are still a thing. I still can't believe that people actually watch it. Now, I know the ratings for the Oscars have been plummeting for many years now. But it is just kind of crazy when you think about just all of the nonsense that they push forward, all the all the politics, right? All of the positioning. I don't know. Just doesn't really seem like my cup of tea or a lot of other people's cup of tea. Snort of Poopus Cuber is a member on the channel. Says, "How are humans and other quitters? What's going on, Snort of Poopus?" Mikey Martinez in the chat. We got Tina B and Stephanie B. Tina B was on a three-hour stream with me earlier. We had the Chosen of Valhalla stream earlier. Go check out that stream. It's still live on the channel. And it'll be uploaded as a podcast a little bit later. Speaking of which, shout out to Toph Morris, who is actually a $5 supporter of the podcast over on Anchor.fm. Because I do upload these live streams as podcasts after the fact. Golden Ration, what's going on? Good evening to you. Bifford a Hobbit says, if John Campia loses Shill of the Year, I will smash my computer. Yeah, uh, a lot of people. Have a lot of uh, a lot of horses in these races. Who they want as shill of the year? We got, of course, NPC of the year. We have the coveted Kathleen Kennedy, Ryan Johnson. Uh, you know, <laughs> excellence in crap world building a world, which is one of my favorite awards, as it, it literally is just the worst movie of the year. But I I gave it a fun little title. Orange Air Review says I sent a Raven, and it has come back with a computer to show me these Raven awards. Hail Odin! Hail to you, Orange Chat! Thank you for being a member. But yeah, Seventy B also was able to be a mod earlier. Laura, it's a short story. What's going on, Laura? She modded the earlier Chosen of Valhalla stream as well. She is one of the chosen. Thank you for joining me again, uh, Billet Amp Seventy Three. What is going on? Thank you for being here as well. The Wake Down in the chat. Rick Lucy in the chat. Durian001 says, first time here. Well, welcome. It's quite a night for you to, to join us on stream for the Raven Awards. Should be a fun night. Pretty chill night. Also, you don't have to listen to any crazy speeches from woke Hollywood actors. Zagarat315, what's going on? Dadman, walking 55 in the chat. Uh, Fred, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, Darmstadt, welcome back to the chat as well. And yes, Tina B, thank you for letting them know. As you can see, I have the ticker disabled because I don't know how much of the chat I'm going to be able to keep up with tonight, right? This is not a normal, typical show, so I'm not going to be able to answer a bunch of uh, questions like I normally do or anything like that because we're going to be focused on talking about the best and the worst 
We got Rosie G12. What's going on? She says, Hail Odin in chat. She is also one of the members here. Tina B says, Oh, look at Mr. Snazzy looking good. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Divine Dragoon, there he is over on the YouTubes. Bruce, hail to you. Glad to have you here as always. Yes, indeed, I am a fancy pants, Laura. Uh, Gradandia, what's going on? We got Melancholy Sith Lord in the chat as well. Pat answers the member says, I felt bad about not voting. My tablet would not let me vote. I even asked Odin about it on Friday night when he replied, no idea. I felt absolved from voting at that point. Well, I mean, you could have just put it on a PC or a phone or something. I don't know. Because I, I haven't had issues with it on mobile devices in the past. So... Gomer Kyle, welcome to the chat. Great name there. Mr. Roy, one of my chosen. He was on that three-hour marathon stream earlier. Rusty Shackleford, what's going on? Rosie212 says, honestly, without Odin telling me it's Oscar night, I would have had no, I wouldn't have even known. I stay away from the mainstream media, and I don't blame you. I don't blame you. There's not any good stuff there. Not any good stuff there. Stephanie B says, hello, Chief. Hello to you. Glad to have you here. Tabinwong55 says, with that beard and sharply dresses, Odin could be a part of ZZ Top. I don't know about that. I don't know about that, but <laughs> I do love how people are, are throwing some shade. I love Gary. I love Gary, but I also love doing the old man Gary voice. It's a lot of fun. 70B says, hello, Chief. Hello to you. Yes, indeed. Uh, Chudman rising in the chat. JKDBuck76 says, I'm craving some Raven. Thank you. The Rain Man in the chat as well. Hail to you. Glad to have you here. Slicer Neon, Silver Axe 13 in the chat as well. Uh, Edgardo Martinez. What's going on? Rhaegar Targaryen as well. He's back. He was in the chat earlier as well. Thank you very much for being here. Hardwick, welcome to the chats. Welcome back, good sir. Uh, that comment is is not related to uh, anything that we're talking about. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip it for tonight, man. Because obviously that, that can be a part of our normal discussions. Slicer Neon says, I'd rather listen to a long-winded speech from a bald first-time father or a smoking hot Valkyrie if they want to say a few words tonight. <laughs> uh, yes, Slicer. Yes. Especially, especially uh, from the Valkyrie. Someone asked if I have guests lined up tonight. Not tonight. My, my goal is, is that as this show... As the Raven Awards continue to progress and get fancier and fancier, because this year's awards are already a lot fancier uh, with the graphics that I have planned, the first award of the night for best quote slash one-liner, I actually was able to get the video clips of those quotes. I'm actually very excited um, because that's the only one where there will be uh, that's the only one where there will be uh, video clips for. But in the future, it means that I could potentially have have even more. And I would love to be able to collaborate with other people too. Um, but with my schedule, especially with a six-month-old, even thinking about that was just not in the cards. It's just a lot easier in order to get this done. And also, I don't plan on the show going on too long. Uh, in the past, like the first time we did it, we tried to go for as long as the Oscars were going on. But I, there's just no way after a three-hour stream earlier that I could physically do that. <laughs> so... It is what it is. Rosie D12, what's going on? Says, I love your old man Gary voice. Odin, that issue has had paid, has had pad with his mouse on Friday was hilarious. Oh, that he had with his. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. 
Uh, by the way, thank you for letting me know that there is a very small delay. Um, let's see what's going on over on the Odyssey stream. Yes, indeed, because we've got seven watching on Odyssey. Thank you for supporting the Odyssey channel. Uh, Baba Yogi says there, the delay is about 0.5 seconds. Not too bad in considering, yeah. And that's something that I could definitely fix because I, I just need to make a delay on the video as well. And then that'll uh, that'll fix that right up. That says, I know Odyssey is really working hard to get the live streaming working better. Salty Cracker will start his live stream at about 8.30. We'll probably crash the Odyssey live stream again. Oh, wait, was like all live streaming crashed when Salty Cracker uh, streamed over on there? That's interesting. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Mech1164, what's going on? Welcome. Thank you for checking out the Odyssey stream. Glad the Odyssey stream is still up and running. Very, very fun. Well, I think we're about ready to get started on this year's Wednesday Raven Awards. By the way, Phonemo, thank you very much for being uh, the lone viewer over on DLive. I very much appreciate you being a part of the DLive fam. Uh, Let me just get some of my notes up. Anyway, the first category of the evening, and we will have videos for this category. It's the only one where there will be one, but hopefully in future years we'll be able to even increase the production value even more than what it already is. And also, I do apologize to the Odyssey fan because the fact that I'm even getting the Odyssey at this point is a miracle in in my mind. But one of the downsides is that the audio from the clips will not play through on your end. But again... It'll be something I I work on in the future. So, uh, the first category of the evening, we go in reverse order. So, we go with the 24th category because unlike the Oscars who have decided to, you know, combine categories and talking about adding new stuff to try and get more eyes on their show, even though it would be very easy for them to get more eyes on the show if they actually focused on the movies again like like they used to do. But, hey, it is what it is. The first category, though, best one-liner or quote. So this category actually has a little history behind it. It used to just be best one-liner. And then I realized that there are some quotes that are more than just one line that are also awesome, right? They they have the same impact as, as a one-liner. And so uh, we have now, uh, the only change we've made to it is just to include other quotes too. Uh, specifically, and, and more importantly, those shorter quotes. And so uh, for previous winners in this category, just to give a little history here, uh, in the in the 2018, so in the first annual Wednesday Raven Awards, the winner was Deadpool with the line, You're so dark. You sure you're not from the DC Universe? Very great line. Won that year. And then in 2019, the best line of that year was from the movie Joker, which swept the Raven Awards last year. And from that movie, it was, what do you get when you cross a mentally ill loner with a society that abandons him and treats him like trash? I'll tell you what you get. You get what you effing deserve. Great movie and great one-liner. But anyway, this year we've got three nominees for best one-liner or quote for the year 2020. The nominees are first from Tenet. You're already halfway there. I'll see you at the beginning, friend. The next is from the movie Wonder Woman 1984. Life is good, but it can be better. <laughs> oh my God. Despite what you think about that movie, still awesome to have that quote so that way we can actually 
do memes with it. And the last movie to be nominated in this category is The Gentleman. What was it? Something about being beneath me, silver on back. There's only one rule in this f***ing jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. Very intense at the end there. Okay, so the winner of the first Raven of the year 2021 for the films of 2020, the winner of best one-liner or quotes from this year is none other than this. What was it? Something about being beneath me, silver on back. There's only one rule in this f***ing jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. Congratulations to the gentleman for winning the first Raven of the evening. And uh, I can say this one wasn't even close. This was the clear favorite. (laughs) This was the clear favorite uh, from the get-go. It also is an amazing movie. And if you've not yet seen The Gentleman, it came out very early in 2020 before all of the crazy pandemic stuff happened. And so I think a lot of people kind of just missed it. It kind of went under a lot of people's uh, radar. But it is a fantastic movie. And by the way, uh, very happy I was able to find on YouTube a clip from the movie that had <laughs> that had the curse words already uh, censored. Because that was the one thing I was kind of concerned about. Because as you all know, we're, we're a PG channel here. But yes, very happy to see the gentleman get a Raven Award. Very well-deserved Best one-liner quote of the year 2020 goes to the gentleman. There's only one rule in this effing jungle. When the lion's hungry, he eats. Fantastic movie. I actually don't know if it's on HBO Max or not, but it's pretty great. Pat S. says, doesn't seem like much of a gentleman to me. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. I could definitely uh, see that as being a reason why. Um, Some would say, is it really the gentleman? Is it really the gentleman? Uh, speaking of actual gentlemen, though, Andrew Hoyle uh, has been a member on the channel for nine months in a row. So thank you very much for being a member of the Army of Asgard. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Tubu says, the gentleman does not ring a bell. Well, if you've not seen The Gentleman, you need to. It is arguably one of the best films of last year. It's one of my favorite movies of last year it's it's one of the few movies that actually got a solid a from me over there um over there in 2020 i don't know why i said over there in 2020 in the year 2020 it's uh it's really good that's and and mank were probably in my top two movies of the year but there were some pretty good ones that came out the gentleman though Freaking fantastic. If you've never seen it, put it on your list. Uh, David Riley, 1972, over on Odyssey, says, best live stream ever. Well, thank you for joining me on Odyssey. Again, I'm just amazed and happy that it's actually going over to Odyssey right now. So thank you very much for, for being here. Let's see. Slice of Neon says, In the jungle, the movie jungle, the lion eats tonight. Great song reference there. Great song reference there. And yeah, shout out to Andrew Hoyle. He wasn't able to make it on the Chosen of Valhalla stream earlier, and I hope he's doing okay. One Angry Historian says he's never heard of the movie before, and now it's on his list. Yeah, seriously, it was a movie that I it, it, I saw late. 
I, I didn't see that movie until late 2020 or early 2021. So it, it was very late when I actually saw that movie. And the reason why is because it was on sale on 4K for like $10. And I had heard great things about it. And so I figured, hey, for 10 bucks, it's the same as if I were to pay for a cheap ticket or to, to pay for a you know VOD rental. And I get to actually own the movie on 4K. So I figured, why not? And so I finally watched it, and I was like, man, I'm so sad that I missed out on it when it first came out. It, it just, it's some of the best work that I've seen, um, it's some of the best work that I've seen from, I'm, ah, oh man, I'm blanking out right now. I need to, I need to use my, my cheat sheet. This is what happens when you stream for three hours, you forget amazing people. Guy Ritchie, that's what I was looking for. It's one of the best things Guy Ritchie's ever done. Because I know a lot of people like his films like, you know, Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels and movies like that. But for me, those were always so difficult just to understand what was being said. It was harder for me to be able to actually understand it. And so this movie, to me, was much, much easier to understand just from a dialogue perspective. And in doing so, it actually it actually made it a lot more enjoyable, made it a lot more of an enjoyable experience for sure. Um, let us see before we go to the next category. Um, Pat S says, no, no words. Yes, indeed. Those are some no, no words in that movie. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Orange Eye Reviews says, people forget in the beginning, Matthew McConaughey was a dragon slayer from the Kentucky Irregulars. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Rosie G12 says, I gotta see Mank. I love Gary Oldman and Charles Dance. Who here has seen it besides Odin? Yeah, I, I definitely big fan of Mank. And that one, I think, is still available on Netflix, of all things. Uh, Baron Carza says, Snatch still holds the top, stop, uh, uh, the top spot for me. Yeah, Snatch is a good movie. Out of his older films, Snatch is probably my favorite. I like it more than than Lockstock and Two Smoking and Two than Two Smoking Barrels. But I think the Gentleman is. I like the Gentleman more than than that. Even the even Snatch, and it's because of the fact that I can just understand what they're saying. It's not just the story. It's the fact that I can actually just understand what people are saying in the Gentleman a lot better than <laughs> than anywhere else. Anyway. Let's go ahead and go to the next category because, you know, unlike the Oscars, we, we keep things rolling. We keep things rolling here. So this is, this is the category. This is 23rd category, and this is best stunt work. So unlike the Oscars, who really don't care, really don't care about their stunt teams, which is really, really sad when you think about it because stunt teams, especially, especially in action films, deserve so much more support, so much more love than... Many of the actors on uh, on the film and in the film themselves. So anyway, best stunt work. So some previous winners for best stunt work in this category. Mission Impossible Fallout won in 2018 at the first Raven Awards. And then John Wick 3 won at last year's Raven Awards. So two very good films with fantastic effects. So anyway... Uh, no more videos for for this year's Raven Awards, but uh, we do have a couple of nominees. So let's make sure that I've done this correctly because uh, I tested this earlier. So let's see if it worked. There it is. So the nominees for Best Stunt Work in 2020 are the stunt teams for the movie Tenet and for the movie Extraction. 
Extraction was a film that actually got a lot of love in this year's Ravens, a lot of nominations in, in a wide variety of categories. But anyway, the stunt teams of Tenant versus the stunt teams of the movie Extraction. The winner of this year's Raven Award for Best Stunt Work is Extraction. Congratulations to the movie Extraction. It was a film also that I saw quite late. I saw quite late in the year and was incredibly impressed by it. It's a film I don't remember if I actually did a review for Extraction or not. But it's one that, if I haven't, I plan to do one as soon as possible. Because just talking about Extraction has me excited. Because it really is a solid movie. And a lot of it comes down to Chris Hemsworth buying into the role. Because it's a movie that, story-wise, might not be the strongest. But because Chris Hemsworth is actually giving his all in it and actually cares, it is absolutely worth talking about right it's 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 what makes the film actually worth anything because he cares because you know there's movies out there where the scripts aren't that good but the main actors for some reason they were able to get really good people and then because the main actors just don't care boom it just doesn't work and so whether or not they buy into the story whether or not they buy into the movie whether or not they care about the movie is incredibly important so anyway congratulations to extraction for winning Best Stunt Work of 2020. Uh, there was another category I was trying to get videos for, and it, it's a little bit later in the show, and it was for, like, Best Action Sequence, you know, Best uh, Stunt Sequence, and I just kept falling into issues, finding, like, full clips and getting them edited down, and then obviously you know that YouTube's copyright system sucks, which is, again, one of the reasons why I like streaming over to DLive, and I like streaming over now to Odyssey as well. Uh, Divine Dragoon over on Odyssey, speaking of Odyssey, says, Odin, have you seen the movie Willy's Wonderland? It released earlier this year and is a fun movie to watch. I I haven't. I, I've heard about it, but I've heard mixed things. I've heard some people say it's fun. I've heard a lot of others say I would not like it. <laughs> so I, I don't know how to take that. I don't know if there's like excess nudity or anything like that in the film because I don't like movies or shows that have random excess nudity that where there's just no reason, there's no purpose for it. So I actually, I just don't even know what the movie's about. So I'm just totally thinking that's the reason why people said that I wouldn't like it. But I've heard mixed things about it, but I've not seen it myself. And then Tubeview says, Extraction, heard about it. Don't think it already came out worth to watch because of Hemsworth. Yeah, it did already come out. That's another one of those movies you can find on Netflix as well. It's a Netflix-exclusive movie. Uh, Butt Crack Media, thank you very much for the super sticker. Dropping the poop emoji. Very appropriate with the name Butt Crack Media. <laughs> Oh, man, oh, man. Keely Chow in the chat. What's going on, Keely Chow? Glad to have you here. Sasha Neon says, I'm conflicted. Is the WandaVision how it should have ended the funniest video I saw today, or is the Captain Falcon pitch meeting the gut-busting victor? So hard to choose. I haven't seen either, so I, I cannot speak for you there. By the way, we do need to shout out the YouTube. We got 81 people watching. Thank you very much, everyone, for choosing 
the Wednesday Raven Awards to watch tonight. I know that in four minutes, technically, there is a, a terrible other show happening called the Oscars. It used to mean something. Now it means nothing. So I'm thankful that you have chosen to be here instead, where we talk about both the best and the worst in the year 2020 for movies. We've got another best of category, but then we have our first worst of category. So I'm very excited for the next two categories that we have to talk about, and we'll go ahead and get started with it. So uh, let me just make sure that there's no other uh, comments that I didn't read yet. Nope, there are not. So anyway, let me see if I can get this. So this should have up the last category. Yes, indeed it does. All right, the next category is Best Animated Movie. Previous winners of Best Animated Movie have been Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse from 2018 and Klaus from 2019. This year, the nominees are Soul from Disney Pixar and the movie Wolfwalkers. So we have the movie Soul from Disney Pixar and Wolfwalkers, which actually was an Apple original movie, which I was actually quite intrigued by. And it got nominations, and it got a lot of support, which was very cool to see. The winner of this year's Raven Award for Best Animated Movie for the year 2020 is Soul. Congratulations to Disney Pixar Soul. I'm going to be honest. Soul really was a pretty great movie. It actually was uh, pretty solid. It's a movie that I think definitely could have been better. But at the same time, I think that it has a heart to it that is really hard to, to not see. So very happy that Soul has won for Best Animated Movie of, 20, animated movie of 2020. If anyone's wondering why uh, there's only a couple of nominees, this year we kind of had a shortage in the nomination process. Because for those wondering, the way I make things work for the Raven Awards is I open up the nomination process. So any person can nominate any movie, any person for any category. This year, though, we only had about maybe 40 or so people put nominations forward. And so it put me in the position where I could only logically put forward nominees as official nominees that had at least two votes. And there were some categories where only a couple of movies got a couple of votes there. Luckily, we had like 170. I still have this pulled up. We had 179 people who actually cast official ballots choosing the best and worst of the year 2020. So happy to see that uh, participation there. But anyway, that's the reason why the nominees in some categories, it's a lot smaller because there wasn't a lot of, of, of people getting nominated. So anyway, congratulations, though, to Soul. It's great. I started watching Wolfwalkers a couple weeks ago. Because uh, I, I got an iPhone when baby Thor was born because just sending pictures, videos between family. If you, if you have an iPhone and you have family members, you know that it's just it's really good for sending media and things like that. It, it's full quality. And so one of the things that it came with was a free year of Apple TV. So I actually was able to have access to Wolfwalkers. And it's from the same company that has done movies like The Secret of Kells. And though I really appreciate and like their animation style, I've just never really been... I've never been crazy about their stories. 
because a lot of them, and this is coming from someone that typically loves Irish stories, because I'm Irish heritage. Uh, I think it's like 30% Irish heritage. You all know. Um, we're all, we're all, a lot of us are mutts here in America, but I love Irish stories. And so I thought that I would really love the movies that, that came from, from, from this company. Um, but in the end, I just, I don't know. It, it, it just, there's just something off about the way the story is told where it's hard for me to get into them. So I got, yeah, I got about 20 minutes or so into Wolf Walkers. And again, the animation's beautiful. So I understand it deserves a nomination simply because of the the style alone. But yeah, not really my cup of tea, though. Not really my cup of tea. Also, if you're watching over on Odyssey, thank you very much. There's 10 people watching over there. Smash that fire button, please, if, if you could. I would very much appreciate it. Can smash that fire button as it is a fire button over there. And thank you for watching. I appreciate it. I don't know if you can tag channels over in the live discussion on, uh, if you can uh, actually tag channels on the live discussion on Odyssey. Because the way it works on YouTube is if my ta- if my channel gets tagged or the code word that we have for the channel gets tagged, it highlights. So I don't know if there's something similar that happens on, on there. But anyway, uh, to you, thank you very much for watching over on Odyssey and for sending that fire emoji in the chat. Appreciate it. Pat S. is happy and just says, school. Tina B. says, next year we need none of the above. I didn't see either of those animated movies, so I had to do eeny, meeny, miny, mo. I had to pick something, not sure what. Well, Tina B., no. What that means is that you should, before voting, watch all of the movies that get nominated. Or at the very least, do research on the ones that are really bad and then make a decision from there. <laughs> But to pick a none-of-the-above option, no. I will not allow it. I will not allow it. Never, never, never. Super says, the studio that did Wolfwalkers is so cool. I love their aesthetic. I hate that it was an Apple exclusive. I refuse to buy their service. Well, their service really doesn't offer a whole lot as far as exclusive content. The only reason why I even had a chance to watch it was because I I got it for free uh, for a year. So, (laughs) but Tina, I will not, I will not give a none of the above option. You must be crazy. You must be crazy. Get out of here with that nonsense. Uh, Saishanian says, no Dominion voting software involved in this year. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. In fact, a lot of it, a lot of it was um, very close. There were a couple of categories where the winner, there was one in particular where the winner won by one vote. So that's actually, I'm, I'm kind of glad that that I shut it down when I did last night, because if I had not, it would have been, uh, <laughs> I don't like ties. I don't believe in ties when it comes to these types of shows. Pat S says 30% Irish chef. I wouldn't say I'm an Irish chef. Tina B, 40% Irish over there. Nice. Orange Hat says, tell them to light up that fire button. Sounds cooler. Smashing fire would put it out. Orange Eye Reviews, that is a fair assessment. So if you're watching on Odyssey, light up the fire button. Let's see. R-E-W Rewap 300. I think is what that is. Very happy to be able to lurk on Odyssey now. Boom. Yes, indeed. Lurk on Odyssey. Smash that fire. I did it again. Light up the fire button. There it is. Light up the fire over on Odyssey. So cool that I can actually be on Odyssey right now. 
could potentially mean leaving DLive behind in the dust. But I do love my DLive fam. So I will work with all platforms for as long as I physically can. <laughs> Soul Assassin says, Odin got that tux from the Continental. Paid two gold coins. I wish. I wish. Hardwick says, Animation historian Jerry Beck claims that Warner Brothers is going to start phasing out physical media starting next year to focus on streaming. <laughs> Alrighty then. Anyway. Uh, Soul Assassin says he's getting some buffering. If anyone else is getting some buffering, uh, please let me know. Uh, Laura says Regina King's dress is horrendous. Laura, why are you watching that? Don't watch that garbage over there. Don't watch that garbage. To try and give you an option, to try and give you an alternative, what I'm going to do then is I'm going to go to another category. All right, let's go to... Oh, yes, the first negative category of the year. It is a fun category, and it is <sighs> NPC of the year. So previous winners in NPC of the year have been Brie Larson, who was a two-time winner. Brie Larson won NPC of the year in 2018 and 2019. So she was two for two. Kathleen Kennedy has been a two-time nominee in this category. And let's just say, this year, Brie Larson's streak was ended because she didn't get nominated. There were only two that got the votes that needed to happen. So for NPC of the year, the nominees are... Kathleen Kennedy <laughs> and Pedro Pascal. Two nominees this year for NPC of the Year. So, unfortunately, the, the streak that Brie Larson had officially ended. Uh, <laughs> officially ended because of the technicality that she didn't get nominated. She, did, she didn't even get a second vote. Um, but that just means that the nominations were, were pretty overwhelming. Uh, for these two in general. So, the NPC of the year. And just to define how we, at the Raven Awards, define NPC of the year. Is someone using no critical thought or reasoning skills. Simply regurgitating a set of arguments and non-sequiturs bequeathed to them by someone else. That's how we define NPC of the year. Which is why, this year... The NPC of the year, by more than a few votes, is none other than Pedro Pascal. Congratulations to Pedro Pascal. Uh, I think what put him over the edge this year was all of his, his Twitter rantings, all of his talk of, 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 of you know, going after political opponents putting every single person under a, under a single category, and yet Pedro Pascal, still under employment of Lucasfilm, while Gina Carano, who is just talking about freedom and not calling out anybody, specifically, not calling anyone a Yahtzee, like Pedro Pascal has done. Oh no, she has to go. 
But Pedro Pascal, he gets to stay. So congratulations, Pedro Pascal. You are the NPC of the year. And when I hear the definition saying that one doesn't use critical thought or reasoning skills, I can think of no one better than you, Pedro Pascal. Much prayers needed in your life, I know. But anyway, Pedro Pascal is this year's NPC of the year. I know a lot of people in the chat were a little surprised by that. They thought it would be Kathleen Kennedy. But I I can actually, I can tell you right now, I can go to the results and, and let you know what the official numbers were. NPC of the year. Pedro Pascal had 55% of the vote. So 55 to 45% of the vote. It was 99 votes to 80. Pedro Pascal. So he won by a fair margin. And by win, of course. <laughs> Is it really a win when you are declared the NPC of the year? Anyway, Brie, Queen Brie, has now lost her crown as the Queen NPC, but has lost it to someone who I think is just as worthy of the title of NPC. And so, (laughs) congratulations to Pedro Pascal to be this year's NPC of the year. Gomer Kyle 79 thank you for that $2 super chat. Says, don't worry, Odin. Bree will be back soon. Yeah, seriously. Now that I've made such a, a comment and such a, uh, uh, a fuss about Bree, watch next year. Everyone's going to like, I'm going to make sure that, that Bree actually gets in this year. <laughs> oh, man. TubeView says, no buffering happened for now. So Odyssey's not having any buffering. It was a, it was a YouTube person who said they were buffering. Uh, then says, Larson didn't do anything to be nominated this year. That's true. Larson was actually more quiet than usual. She had her YouTube channel, and she did a lot of stupid things there. But actually, a lot of her typical NPC stuff, where you know, she's like, this movie wasn't made for you, and going after people, she didn't do a lot of it last year in comparison to previous years. So it does make sense as to why she wasn't on a lot of people's minds. Uh, Mech1164 says, Kathleen Kennedy is turning into the Susan Lucci of the Ravens. <laughs> Baron Carza says, Kathleen Kennedy should win the Lifetime NPC Award Achievement. No, no, no. Right now, Brie Larson is actually in that territory because she has two Ravens in the same category for NPC of the Year. So Kathleen Kennedy needs to win one more to be on pace and on par with her. As Tubu said, uh, Tubu says, Brie needs a movie. She might need a movie, but Lord knows we don't want her to have a, a, a movie. Uh, Rick Hunter is in the chat. Hail to you. Evan S. in the chat as well. Son Goku, what's going on? This comment not sponsored by Shadow Legends. Thank you very much for being in the chat. I appreciate you. Lou S., what's going on? Glad to have you here. Uh, let's see. Rosie, Rosie G12 says, I think Bree's handlers have quoted her down. Yeah, Probably. Eric K, still not sure how you change your name on Odyssey. I don't know how to do that either. Yeah, I'm I'm in the same way you are. Harwick says, Soul might wind up being Pixar's best movie. As you know, Pixar is about to go very downhill. Or at least it's best movie for, you know, in the, in like the very short term. Because there are much better Pixar films. Much better Disney Pixar films. And just regular Pixar films as well. 
Orange Hat says, when Pitiful Pedro went after Stephanie from My Nerdy Home, he was the automatic destined winner of the NPC of the Year. That's right. That's right. I forgot. Yeah, so for those that don't know, My Nerdy Home, who's a member of the Phantom Menace, a good friend of the Drunk 3PO channel as well, um, he, Pedro Pascal, the winner of the NPC of the Year, Raven Award, he went after her. Yeah, big old Pedro Pascal. Bet he felt like a big man. As Rosie D12 says, Pedro Pascal is such a weenie. How dare that commie try to lecture me? That's right. He went after Rosie G12 as well. Yeah. He's very, very deserving. Very, very deserving of that award. Hardwick says, in extraction, Chris Hemsworth shows somehow manages to still look cool while fighting children. Yeah, it's a fair point. <laughs> it's not an easy feat. It's definitely not an easy feat. Pat S says, Y'all, the Oscars look like rich hill rich high school end of the year awards dinner so cringe yeah that's why we are boycotting it that's why we have an alternative here and with that in mind we'll go ahead and jump into the next category the next category for the raven awards is best visual effects of 2020 so a little history on this one for best visual effects uh previous winners first raven awards Avengers Infinity War won for Best Visual Effects. It is the only good Avengers movie in that duo uh, between Infinity War and Endgame. Uh, Endgame, not, not so good as Infinity War. And in the second annual Raven Awards, Alita Battle Angel, another really great movie, also won the Raven Award for Best Visual Effects. So this year, we have three nominees for... Best visual effects of 2020. And the nominees are Tenet, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Love and Monsters. So a little bit about each of these. Tenet, of course, was a movie that came out early, or rather, uh, I guess early in the pandemic as far as movies reopening for the first time. And it lost a lot of money because of that very reason. Sonic the Hedgehog obviously got a lot of love because their director, Jeff Fowler, decided to uh, push the movie back to fix the effects after uproar from fans. And Love and Monsters, very happy to see this movie sneak in uh, this category and in a couple of categories as well. Uh, love and Monsters, very underrated movie. And also, especially for visual effects, it costs around $30 million or so for that movie to be made. And that movie... Probably has some of the best visual effects I've seen in a long time. So I would say that movie is, is worth watching for that reason alone. But there can only be one winner for the best visual effects Raven Award. And so therefore, this year's winner of best visual effects is Tenet. Congratulations to Tenet. This is, I believe, the first, yes, the first Raven Award of the year for Tenant, so congratulations. Visual effects in that film are pretty awesome, especially all the stuff they're able to do with reverse time and having the two different timelines next to each other. Uh, for those that have not seen the movie, there's a really uh, there's a couple of scenes where they actually show people moving forward in time and then others moving backwards in time, and the way that they are able to handle it is actually really, really cool. So Tenant, definitely deserving, I think, of, uh, of best visual effects, though for me... I, I can uh, show you my own bias here. For me, I think as far as actual legit best 
visual effects and best use of visual effects, I I went with Love and Monsters. I think Love and Monsters, because especially of their budget, I think their effects just, just were phenomenal. Were absolutely fantastic. So anyway, shout out to Tenet for winning this year's Raven Award for Best Visual Effects. Uh, checking out over on DLive, Phonemo says, what put Pedro over the top was his condoning Baby Yoda's genocide of the fish people. Ooh, shots fired there. <laughs> shots fired over from the DLive fam. Phonemo, thanks, thanks for being here. <laughs> Ooh, what is that? Is that a hyper chat? Is that what it looks like? Uh, Divine Dragoon 999, thank you for the donation. Is that a hyper chat? Is that what that is? Is that how that works? I don't know. But anyway, Divine Dragoon 999, thank you for the donation over on over on Odyssey. I, I appreciate that, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very generous of you to do that. Anyway, some people happy, some people sad with that. Uh, let's see Laura says we need to give Perry Chan a lifetime achievement award um (laughs) we maybe at one point because I don't want to add any more than 24 categories 24 categories is more than enough already I think but I could see some categories potentially being retired and and replaced with others I could I could see that happening in the future but right now I, I like the categories I like the categories as they are. So, 70B says YouTube was acting crazy earlier. Hopefully it was not the stream acting crazy earlier. Definitely hope that's not the case. Uh, And then Hardwick says he made a typo. Yeah. Well, I I heard the rumor about Pixar and their casting choices. Um, Last I heard, it was more so just a rumor um there wasn't any actual like an, once a mainstream news outlet covers it then I'll I'll probably take it a little bit more seriously but the last time I checked so that it could have changed since the last time I checked but the last time I checked I'm pretty sure that the news of casting for Pixar for a voice actor cuz uh they're looking to I think make a movie featuring a trans character um was not from a a credible source cuz keep in mind if Hollywood Reporter or Deadline is covering it, they're going to praise it, right? They're, they're going to be in full support of it. And that's when I'm going to know that it's real. But for now, all I've seen are supposed listings. And I again, I tend not to actually buy those overall. But getting back to the comment made about Perry Chan, uh, Laura mentioned Perry Chan. Perry Chan, he, he deserves more than just a Lifetime Achievement Award. He, he deserves everything. Perry, Perry Chan is indeed the Lord and King of Friday Night Tights. And yes, I think that his excellence in visual effects, uh, Silver Axe says, I just, I say just rename the visual effects category to the Perry Chan Award for Excellence in Visual Effects. I like that, Silver Axe. Yeah, I'm totally down for having the category be the same as far as like what it's awarding, but give it like official titles like I did for um, the worst movie, of the like instead of having the worst movie of the year, I have a specific name for it. So I like that, Silver Axe. Definitely something to keep in mind for next year. That's for sure. Absolutely. Keep that in mind. All right. Let's go ahead then and, and, and keep this, keep the party going. 
because I like I like to keep things going. All right, let's jump to the next category. The next category, we also have uh, some previous winners to talk about. We have Best Cinematography. Best Cinematography previous winners would be Avengers Infinity War from 2018. Uh, cinematography was done by Trent Apollock. So he won the Raven Award for Best Cinematography back in 2018. And then last year, the man, the myth, the legend of cinematography, Roger Deakins, won for 1917. So those are those previous winners. So Roger Deakins for 1917 last year, and then Trent Apollock from Avengers Infinity War. This year, though, is a brand new year, and we have three nominees. So the nominees for Best Cinematography of the year 2020 are, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher some names here, Eric Messerschmidt for the movie Mank, Hoyt Van Hoytema for the movie Tenant, and Joshua James Richards for Nomadland. And the winner for The Raven for Best Cinematography of 2020 goes to Hoyt Van Hoytema for Tenet. Congratulations to Hoyt Van Hoytema for Tenet. One of the best parts of Tenet for sure is the cinematography. Obviously, a lot of the visual effects that we see in the movie is very much stuff done in camera or at the very least done in conjunction with the camera, getting those uh, reverse moving shots as well. So very well deserved there. Anyone wondering who he is on the screen? He's the one that's on the far left with the epic uh, beard and his hand up as he is explaining everything going on. So boom, Hoyt Van Hoytema, congratulations for winning Best Cinematography for the year 2020. Well-deserved Raven Award there, for sure. Hardwick says, Since when is Roger Deakins the man, the myth, the legend? That title belongs to Scott Sterling. Scott Sterling! Uh, Roger Deakins is definitely one of the best people working in cinematography today. I mean, when you look to the films that he has done, it, it's just there's very few cinematographers still working today that have the the pedigree that he has. It's kind of similar to how I got a lot of I got a lot of hate when I had one of the polls up for for best scores, and I put up Ennio Morricone, who I think is an iconic uh, film scorer, and I put him up against John Williams. And some said, you know, John Williams wins no contest. And I was, I understand John Williams is is by far one of the most iconic living um, composers today. There's no doubt about it. Like you, you look to the movies that that dude has composed. The dude is a legend. The dude is a genius. But I also think Ennio Morricone. Uh, as well, is very uh, very talented as well. Orange Review says, Inversion, you don't get better than that. Yeah, seriously. Again, uh, Hoy Van Hoenema did a fantastic job with the movie, really getting those effects to look really good and to work very well. So, absolutely. Anyway, uh, shout out once again to the Odyssey fan. Thank y'all for, for hanging out. Glad that the stream uh, seems to be still up. In fact, let me... Uh, let me uh, double check that real quick just to make sure. Yeah, boom. Glad to see this is working. Glad to see this is working. All righty then. We'll go ahead and move into 
the next category. The next category is uh, another one of those categories that I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan of. And that is most SJW screenwriter. So not just, you know, SJW of the year or anything, but we know that when it comes to writing, when it comes to films, especially uh, with writing, that there's a lot of SJW identity politics that can get put into a lot of projects, right? And the way that we define SJW here for the Raven Awards is a person who pretends to be fighting for social justice, but in reality is consumed by or a desire for moral superiority, validation from their peers, that's definitely a big one in Hollywood, a hatred of anyone with dissenting views, a need to destroy or disrupt anything that wasn't built for or by people that share their gender, race, sexuality, etc. So, as you can see, a very specific definition of what we look for here at the Raven Awards for SJW screenwriters. Some previous winners and nominees. Uh, in 2018, the first winner of the SJW Screenwriting Award was Jennifer Lee, who wrote The Abomination, known as A Wrinkle in Time. And remember, that's the one that Brie Larson famously said, A Wrinkle in Time wasn't made for you. Wasn't made for you. 40-year-old white men sitting in your mom's basement, essentially is what she said. But anyway, Jennifer Lee wrote that trash a wrinkle in time in 2018, so that won the Raven that year. Then Elizabeth Banks won in 2019. So for last year's Raven Awards, Elizabeth Banks for Charlie's Angels. It's crazy to think that a couple of years ago, Elizabeth Banks wrote Charlie's Angels. It's crazy to think that Charlie's Angels has been in existence for that length of time. Kind of crazy to think about that. Uh, and as a bit of a note, there is actually someone who has a uh, has a bit of of a history here, as far as as making history for being a multi nominee. And I just needed to to double check something uh, real quick and make sure that I did this correct because I realized that I had a misspelling on one of these earlier. So I just want to double check, and I, I did indeed fix it. So a two-time nominee here for this category is Christina Hodson. Two-time nominee. Last was for her writing on Bumblebee in 2018. So Christina Hodson, nominated this year, was also nominated in 2018 at the first Raven Awards for her writing on Bumblebee. I know a lot of people that defend that movie, but I'm going to be honest. I'm not one of those defenders. But anyway, we do have a set of two. Actually, technically more than two because one of these movies had multiple writers on, but I just put up the one because it's the one that everyone associates it with. But anyway, for most SJW screenwriter of 2020, the nominees are Christina Hodson for Birds of Prey. Yeah, you remember you remember that movie now, don't you? So Christina Hodson for Birds of Prey. And the second nominee was the grouping of Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and Dave Callahan 
for the movie Wonder Woman 1984. A lot of hate for Wonder Woman 1984 this year. So, as you can see, Patty Jenkins is the only one listed. So, Patty Jenkins, Jeff Johns, and Dave Callahan, all three credited writers for Wonder Woman 1984. So, all of them, therefore, received a nomination. As well as Christina Hodson for Birds of Prey. And remember, Christina Hodson was previously nominated back in 2018 for her work on Bumblebee. But there can only be one winner in this year, in this year's awards. The winner for most SJW screenwriter for the year 2020 is Christina Hodson for Birds of Prey. Congratulations to Christina Hodson. She was nominated back in 2018. She fell and lost that year, but she was able to skip a year, come back strong, write one of the most SJW scripts ever. Remember, the whole point of the movie was to try and attack misogyny. The actual director of the film came out and said that during the pitch meeting for the movie, she just had a bunch of random things put together, including Trump's speeches, to try and sell the movie. Yes, she had a, she had clips of things, including Trump's speeches, to, to try and pitch why she should be the one to make a Birds of Prey movie. And so, of course, when asked to write the film, Christina Hodson said, No problem. I'm on board. I got this. And by the way, if you want to really be scared, I would look up Christina Hodson's IMDb because she is attached to several <laughs> to several movies coming up in the future, including the screenplay for the upcoming Batgirl movie, which has been announced. She is also writing the Flash screenplay as well. So if you were worried before, Birds of Prey, again... Christina Hodson winning for Birds of Prey's screenplay. She is also currently the screenwriter for the Flash movie. The movie that many DCEU fans think is going to save the DCEU. Yeah, some people didn't know that. Because <laughs> when you think about it, most people don't care about uh, those other categories like typically people when they talk about movies and think about movies they think about directors and producers usually you don't think as much about the writers or at least you know if there's a group of writers you know which specific writers are attached but yeah christina hodson writer of bumblebee and birds of prey is currently the one still listed on imdb as the screenplay writer for the flash movie the upcoming Flash movie, set to come out in 2022, and she has been announced to be the writer for Batgirl. So, any DCEU fans out there, all I can say is, uh, good luck! <laughs> that's, that's, that's just, that's pretty much all I got for you at this point. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. But anyway... Rosie G12, thank you for being here again. Hardwick says, don't forget that uh, Christina Hodson is also writing Margot Robbie's Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Um, I would, however, according to her IMDb, that has not yet been announced. 
Um, that has not yet been announced. So that may have been discussed, but at this point in time, we cannot confirm this on the OMB Reviews channel because she isn't listed. Because in fact, let me pull up a... Let me pull up Margot Robbie as well. And let's see. I'm not seeing... I'm not even seeing that movie listed under her filmography either. So that's not even officially announced then either. Because sometimes actors will mention movies, but that doesn't mean that it's officially announced, right? A movie's officially announced when they actually start pre-production. Um, and, it, it, and it gets like a green light. So it looks like that's what she wants to do, but it doesn't sound like it's been greenlit in any capacity whatsoever. But if it does go through and Christina Hodson's like, I'm on board to write it, we can only imagine the kind of <laughs> story we're going to get from the writer of both Bumblebee and um, Birds of Prey. So anyway, congratulations, Christina Hodson. Very well-deserved award for you. All right. Let's go to our next category. It's a big one. I like to do this one a little bit earlier um, because there's just a lot of other awards and other areas of filmmaking that I think deserve a little bit more attention. But I do think this category is still very important. And that category is Best Director. So yeah, big award to give away right now. So let's talk about a little bit of the history of Best Director at the Raven Awards. So, the Russo Brothers won Best Director back in 2018. So, at the first annual Raven Awards, the Russo Brothers won for Avengers Infinity War. They then had no chance for Endgame. Because <laughs> even though there are some that still defend it, it's mixed enough to where even that movie couldn't get enough love. Last year's winner, though, so for the second annual Raven Awards, Todd Phillips won Best Director for Joker. Again, Joker did incredibly well during the 2019 Raven Awards. But this year, we have actually four nominees. One of the very few categories where we actually have almost a full set of nominees because of a lot of love. But anyway, the nominees for this year's Best Director are as follows. We got Christopher Nolan for the movie Tenet. David Fincher for the movie Mank. Guy Ritchie for the movie The Gentleman. And Jeff Fowler for the movie Sonnet the Hedgehog. Now, I will say, when these nominations were coming in, I actually was surprised to see Jeff Fowler get nominated in this category. Not because I didn't think that he's a good director or anything like that, but just because typically you wouldn't see a movie like Sonic the Hedgehog get recognition in the category of directing. But then, of course, it reminded me that a lot of people have love for him because of what he was willing to do to please the fans. And so um, with that, I was able to understand why his nomination ended up coming through. But we have a lot of really awesome directors here. Again, David Fincher, known for a lot of great films. Christopher Nolan, of course. Uh, most people enjoy a lot of the films that he has done. And Guy Ritchie, a very unique director. Um, I did find it fun that the image that I got this year for his picture is actually from his work on Aladdin, because I 
had totally forgotten that somehow he did the live-action Aladdin movie, which was terrible. But luckily, he also did <laughs> another movie called The Gentleman, which is a much better movie. But there can only be one winner. And so the winner of the Raven Award for Best Director of the Year 2020 goes to Guy Ritchie for The Gentleman. Congratulations to Guy Ritchie for The Gentleman. It's his first ever Raven Award and first nomination. Congratulations, good sir. You are well-deserving here because The Gentleman, as I said previously, is a fantastic movie, incredibly well-directed, and it shows that when Guy Ritchie has full control of a project, he can do amazing work, and that is the only reason why I think, and actually it's the reason why I know live-action Aladdin did not live up to it because Lord knows Disney had a lot of control over that specific project. But anyway, Guy Ritchie, this year's winner of the Best Director Raven Award. Thank you again to everyone who voted in that category. Uh, just to go over uh, some of the categories we've mentioned already for Best Visual Effects, Tenet won overwhelmingly with 60% of the vote. Uh, the next highest was Sonic with 28%. For cinematography, Hoyt Van Hoytema got 70% of the vote with 126 out of the 179 total votes. For most SJW screenwriter, Christina Dodson dominated with 105 um, votes, 59% of the vote for her. For best director, this is that category I mentioned earlier. This was that category. It was decided by one vote. One vote. And it was pretty close uh, for at least three of the uh, three of the directors. Christopher Nolan had 50 votes. Guy Ritchie, who won, had 57 votes. In second place was Jeff Fowler with 56 votes. So Guy Ritchie won by one vote. Surprisingly, David Fincher had the least amount of votes with only 16. I figure a lot a lot of people were not able to see the movie Mank this year. But yeah, only 9% of the vote, where it was pretty much split 30% for all the other ones. Anyway, a little bit of the insights into this year's Raven Awards. That's the other thing. You don't get that at the Oscars. The Oscars, they just tell you the winner, and they expect you to trust them. They don't tell you what the actual voting breakdown is or how close it was or anything like that. I have no problem giving, giving you all the insight into all of these things. And also, thank you everyone still here. Smash the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Smash, <laughs> I messed it up again. Light up the fire button if you're watching on Odyssey because I am indeed simulcasting this stream. We're on Odyssey. I was able to make it work. I'm on Odyssey, I'm on YouTube, I'm on Periscope, and I'm on DLive. So every person should be covered by that. All of the alternate platforms are indeed available. Are indeed available for that. All right. We'll go ahead and go to the next category. The next category is best fight scene slash action sequence. So as I said, we love giving attention to the stunt teams. We love giving attention to the fight choreography because a lot of us here in Asgard 
love action movies, and we especially love really well-done, well-produced action sequences. So a little bit of history here. A little bit of history here. We have uh, the first ever Raven Awards we ever had. Uh, the Raven Award went to Mission Impossible specifically for the bathroom fight scene. And for any fans of, of Superman, for any fans of Henry Cavill, that scene featured him fighting with Tom Cruise in the bathroom. So that scene won in 2018 for best action scene fight scene. And then last year, John Wick 3 won the Raven Award here specifically for that knife fight scene. And if you've seen John Wick 3, you know exactly what scene I'm talking about. It was definitely the coolest scene in the entire movie. Anyway, those have been the previous winners for the Raven Awards. But we've got a new set. We've got four nominees. I, was, I, I wanted to get videos for these to show the actual stunts. Unfortunately, I was not able to, to get that to work this year. But we do have some nominees this year. And so the nominees for Best Fight Scene Action Sequence for the year 2020 are Extraction. The Apartment Fight, Fat Man with Mel Gibson, The Final Shootout Scene, Tenant, The Backwards Car Chase, and once again, Tenant, The Inverted Hallway Fight. So Tenant got two nominations in this category for their Backwards Car Chase and The Inverted Hallway Fight, Fat Man, uh, a little gem of a movie that deserves a little bit more love, I think. Uh, got some love for the final shootout sequence between Santa Claus and a grown-up who was given coal as a child. <laughs> and Extraction, of course, which has previously gotten some love for the stunt work and stunt team in it as well. And that specifically is the apartment fight. Um, and specifically, it's a scene where they do... Um, they do it in a one take and it's pretty awesome the way they do the one take. But anyway, even though all of these are great effects, all of these are pretty awesome scenes, there can only be one winner. And so therefore the winner of this year's Raven Award for best fight scene action sequence in the year 2020 goes to Extraction for the apartment fight scene. Congratulations to Extraction picking up another Raven Award. It had previously won for Best Stunt Work earlier, so it actually made a lot of sense because a lot of the people that gave the same love to the movie for its stunt team and stunt work obviously gave love to a specific action of that stunt team as well. And you can find it. There's a, there's a video online. You can find it on YouTube. I'm sure other video platforms too that show you the specific apartment fight sequence, and specifically the one where they actually are able to do it in the one take. So anyway, congratulations goes to uh, Chris Hemsworth and to uh, to Extraction, right? The great movie that is Extraction. Let's see. Alex McCarthy, what's going on, man? Coming in late says, howdy, old, and how's it going? Crazy day here. Packing up for Texas, moving uh, t- for a Texas move while doing IT training homework break for a little Ravens. Well, thank you for joining the Raven Awards tonight, Alex McCarthy. Wait, are you doing like a full move to Texas? 
Are you are y'all are you in the family officially moving up? Rosie G12 says, How do you keep all those platforms straight? Odin, I don't know. It's lucky because DLive, the there's only one other person watching, so that's easy to keep up with. And my <laughs> my Odyssey fam has been a little quiet uh, since the donation from Divine Dragoon. 999 but i think it's because a lot of people are watching on both and they're they're just trying to uh to keep up but yeah divine Dra- dragoon thank you again for for that tip is what they call it i guess over here on odyssey but yeah i got a lot of tabs and uh somehow some way i'm able to to keep it going by the way we still got over 100 people watching on youtube so please smash the like button on youtube if you can it really does mean a lot and i hope you're having some fun tonight Hope you're having some fun. Again, in the future, would love to be able to to improve the quality even more so. Maybe have some special guest appearances as well. But as you all know, uh, it takes it takes a lot. It takes a village, as they say. Pat S says, "Old boy did it first. There's a lot of movies that have done the one take shot. There's a lot of movies that have done it very well. So." Uh, Harwick says, did you know David Leach and Chad Stileski of John Wick directed the action in Captain America Civil War? I did not know that, but it helps to explain why it's pretty good. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Uh, and there's going to be people tonight who are going to be posting, uh, Oscar stats. So for those that care, then... Um, obviously you have that there for you in the past. I kind of cared in the, in this year. I honestly don't. So if you tag me and let me know if someone won an Oscar, I'm probably going to skip over it just because I honestly don't care this year. I I'm so checked out of the Oscars this year. So checked out. Rob D says, Hey, Odin, just tuning in now. Going to have to rewatch the stream. Well, Hey, Rob D thanks for being here. You can always rewind it. Of course. Alice McCarthy says, yep. And it's a lot of packing for a whole ranch. So is doing all coursework that, can't be done on my phone. Okay, gotcha. Well, hey, man, congratulations on moving to the land of the free down in the great nation of Texas. <laughs> and uh, thank you for being here still. Good luck with that. Pat S says, Odin, I hope your bride gets some quality time next Sunday. I feel kind of guilty about our time today. Well, that's why I, I canceled the stream yesterday. So don't forget, Saturday's stream was canceled. So I was able to spend the day with her yesterday. So don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, some people are getting some buffering on YouTube. Uh, again, apologies for that. Doesn't sound like it's a widespread issue so far. But anyway. Um, let's see. Tubu says, Oscars, I thought they happened weeks ago instead of today. Yeah. Um, normally, it does happen earlier in the year. This year, they they pushed it back because... They wanted to count certain movies that weren't able to come out in time because of of the coof and everything. So typically, it does it. They do happen earlier in the year. This year, they happen later for that very reason, uh, which for for me was fine because I wasn't going to watch them anyway. But also because it gave me more time and gave y'all more time to be able to put nominations out and 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 things like that. So, uh, G Mike Six says the only thing I care about. The Oscars is how long as how low the ratings are. I totally agree with you there. That's the one point of interest I have is how how low can they go? How low 
can they go those ratings orange Eye reviews if you're gonna boycott the oscars then boycott the oscars there is no gray area exactly exactly right but anyway let's go ahead and jump now into the next category so let me pull up my little fact sheet the next category is breakthrough performance so these are performances that stuck out in a given year this can be for uh, established actors it can be for um, uh, actors that are brand new as well again obviously this is something where it's really open to anyone at this point so previous winners of this category so again previous winners of this category were Rami Malik, who had won for Bohemian Rhapsody in the first year's Raven Awards also Joaquin Phoenix won last year for Joker of 2019. So a couple of really talented actors there have won previously for this award. This year we have three nominees. And before I go, Pat S. also saying he's getting some buffering. So hopefully it's not a major issue for anyone else. One angry historian says, by and by, this is the first movie award show I have watched in this century. Hey, well, well, thank you for letting this be the first one then. So let's go ahead and get down to it. Let's go to the next category, which is, as I said, best breakthrough performance for the year 2020. And the nominees are, thank you very much, Nerdfather, for confirming that it's not universal buffering issues. But again, I do apologize if YouTube is giving y'all buffering issues no matter where you are. But the nominees for best breakthrough performance for the year 2020 are Anya Taylor-Joy for the movie Emma, Chris Hemsworth for the movie Extraction, and Robert Pattinson for the movie Tenant. I was very happy to see some love here for Anya Taylor-Joy. I think that she's an incredibly talented young actress, and she has done uh, several films uh, in her young career and has done great in every single one of them. Even a terrible movie like The New Mutants, she was easily the best part. <laughs> um, but anyway, I was really glad to see her in here. Was surprised to see some love for Robert Pattinson for Tenet, because I did like him in the movie and in the role, but it just wasn't, I don't know. It would not. It was not going to be my, my go-to choice for, for nominations and, and where nominations are concerned. And then when I finally did see Extraction, uh, I totally understood why. Uh, I totally understand why they were able to, uh, a lot of people were able to push for uh, Chris Hemsworth here. But there can only be one winner. So the winner for this year's Raven Award for Breakthrough Performance for the year 2020 goes to Chris Hemsworth for the movie Extraction. Congratulations to Chris Hemsworth for Extraction. Uh, Extraction is, is really picking up the Raven Awards this evening. Uh, it's now one for Breakthrough Performance. Chris Hemsworth just winning for Breakthrough Performance. It also had one for Best Fight Scene Action Sequence for the Apartment Fight Scene. And it also won for Best Stunt Work and Stunt Team as well. Some people happy with this choice. Others not so much. But hey, it happens. <laughs> you can't always get what you want as they say. <laughs> Let's go ahead and do another 
uh, before talking to the chat. Let's go ahead and do another category. So the next category is worst writing slash story of 2020. And so this is just, it's a bad movie. It's a bad story. It doesn't matter if there's SJW politics in it or anything. This just any movie that has a bad script. So that's why there is a separation between SJW screenwriter and worst story. And also we award the movie for the worst story and not just the actual writer of said story, because as we all know, there are a lot of factors that come into writing a script. And so before I give some of the historical facts, let's see the nominees for worst story and worst writing for film in 2020. The nominees this year are Mulan, Wonder Woman 1984, Artemis Fowl, and Birds of Prey. Uh, as you can see, lots of terribly written movies this year. And I will say, Artemis Fowl, so happy to see this movie in the listing. Because Artemis Fowl is a movie I think no one saw. And if you didn't, good. You have saved at least an hour and a half or two of your life that you will never get back. That's how I feel about that movie. So I was very surprised that enough people had seen the movie for it to actually even get nominated. Uh, I found that very interesting. Uh, some facts about this category before uh, announcing the new winner. Previous winners in this category include from 2018, A Wrinkle in Time, one for Worst Writing Story. It was very deserving that year. Also, from 2019, Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, remember when that movie came out? It's crazy to think it's been that long since that movie came out. But yes, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker was the worst story, worst writing of 2019. So that is the pedigree that the winner this year is going to join. But we do have a winner. There can only be one winner. And so the winner of the Raven Award for Worst Writing Slash Story of 2020 goes to the film Wonder Woman 1984. Congratulations to Patty Jenkins, who both wrote and directed this movie and produced this trash. And it's a movie that... I think got a lot of attention because it was released on HBO Max. And so more people had HBO Max. And so therefore more people actually saw it. Also, of course, the first one was pretty decent. And so there was a lot of hype around this movie being pretty good. The trailer looked pretty good. And there were a lot of people, of course, who are big fans of Gal Gadot. But it was also a movie that a lot of people were incredibly disappointed with. So no surprise here for Wonder Woman 1984 to have won worst writing story for the year 2020. Though I'm going to be honest here, Artemis Fowl is by far the worst. On an objective level, Artemis Fowl is the worst. But the people have spoken. I let the people speak. I let the people speak. Because um, Wonder Woman 1984 was a, was a bad movie. Really bad movie. Um, but Artemis Fowl is, as it says, quite, quite foul. <laughs> it's quite a foul movie, uh, to say the least. 
as Laura had just pointed out, it literally has foul in the title. You are completely correct there. Completely correct. Um, let's see. Oz McCarthy says, I saw Artemis foul. Yes. And I feel terrible for you. Laura says, I don't know. I didn't even finish Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey was also terrible. I think Birds of Prey was worse than Wonder Woman 1984, especially as far as story is concerned. Uh, Rosie T12 says, never heard of Artemis Fowl. And you know what? Good. Don't ever watch it. Uh, Slice of Neon says, Robert Pattinson was in Walking for the Barbarians as an intentionally horrific character. Hated him in that role. Weird movie. Interesting. Pat S then says, is it a dental movie? What? I don't even know what that's about. But anyway, congratulations to Wonder Woman 1984. Rob D, I think, puts it best. He says, Wonder Woman 84 is the most disappointing of the films. And I think that that's the reason why it's gotten so much uh, support in the negative connotation of support. Because a lot of people were excited. A lot of people were looking forward to it. And they just got let down. Completely. It says there, we knew the other three were going to suck. Yeah, Rob D, very good point. Very good point. The others, hey, a lot of people skipped them because they knew they wouldn't be good, but Wonder Woman 84 should have been good, and it wasn't. So yeah, definitely completely understand why it got as much love, or rather as much hate as it did. Rosie G12 says, oh, talking to someone else there. Alice McCarthy disavows Birds of Prey. That's saying something from him. Father says, I might have to give Birds of Prey a watch tomorrow. Don't try this at home. I'm a trained professional. No, Father, don't. Father, Father. I know you're, you're, you're the chaplain of the channel, but I can't, I can't let you do it, man. Father, don't watch it. Don't waste your time. Don't waste your time with it, Father. Don't do it. Don't you do it, Father. Father then says, I have much penance to do for my sins. <sighs> it's not worth it, Father. It's not worth it. <laughs> uh, let me say hello to my D-Live fam. Daniel Thorne, what's going on, dude? Thank you for being here. Uh, appreciate it. Apparently, YouTube is sucking. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Phonema says, Foul came out this year. It came out in 2020. Yeah. So remember that these are for the movies that came out in 2020. So technically last year. Uh, but yeah. It came out, I think, earlier in the year from that no it can't it was a movie that was supposed to come out in theaters they pushed it back and then they decided instead to release it on disney plus for free that's how much confidence they had in the movie they actually put it on disney plus for free and boy oh boy was that a good decision on their part because that movie was awful it was terrible uh let's see Tubu says they had the books and still messed up Artemis. Yeah, seriously. Um, I had a, there were so many comments when I did my review. I tore Artemis Fowl apart because it was just so bad. But so many of the comments weren't even critical of me. They were just. It actually made me feel bad because there are fans of the book series Artemis Fowl that were so hurt by what Disney did because essentially they took a story that they're like. They're like, Odin, please don't let this movie have an impact on how you view view the story because the books are good. They just didn't follow it. They they just destroyed the narrative. They just did random things that made no sense. So I feel bad for fans of the book series because uh, the fans of the book series 
gave the movie a shot because they were excited to see if uh, it's just like when you know harry potter or any book that's been adapted right some people are very excited to see these worlds that they've lived with for so long be put on the big screen be given a certain interpretation and be able to explore the world in a different way before but yeah those i feel so bad uh for the fans of of that book series because the movie is just so awful i mean there there were my the last time people asked me before last year what my least favorite movie of all time was usually i would go with ripd artemis fowl though is is easily worse easily worse than than ripd no no doubt about it at all rosie g12 says fan of a book series just wait till we see what Amazon does to the Tolkien series. I predict blasphemy. Yeah, based on what we're hearing from the behind-the-scenes stuff, uh, definitely would not surprise me. All right, let's go ahead and move to our next category. So moving away from worst writing story, again, congratulations to Wonder Woman 84 for having the worst writing and story. The next, the next category is one that... I'll have I'll I have some thoughts. I have some thoughts, but I'll just, I'll I'll just hold it there. But the next category is most iconic film. And the way we describe this for the Raven Awards is that this is the movie that we believe that the people believe will be remembered for years to come. We believe that these movies have such an iconic class to them that they will stand the test of time. This year, we have several nominees, a very (laughs) interesting collection of nominees. But as I said, only 40 people put nominations forward this year. And so, therefore, uh, we had a very interesting batch of films that got nominated. But let's go ahead and go into some history. Um, In previous years, so in 2018, the most iconic film was Avengers Infinity War. I think that still holds up. I think Avengers Infinity War is still a really good movie. It's sad that the the narrative kind of got destroyed completely by Endgame, but individually Infinity War is still very solid. And then in 2019, the most iconic film of that year was Joker. Also, I, I agree with that as well. I think Joker absolutely was a fantastic film. Also, I think it still very much holds up to this day. But anyway... There can only be one winner. So again, those nominees for most iconic film. The nominees again are Mank, Sonnet the Hedgehog, Soul, and Tenet. And the winner, and therefore the most iconic film of 2020, is Sonic the Hedgehog. Congratulations to Sonic the Hedgehog. And as I said, I, I would I would have some commentary on this one because Son of the Hedgehog. Again, I'm so happy, so happy that Jeff Fowler, the director of the film, listened to the fans, was able to fix the issues with the design. Again, that that's awesome. But when I think about a movie that's iconic, when I think about a movie that's going to be remembered for years and years and years to come. Sonic's just not one of those movies for me. I I just I I don't really feel that. I don't really feel that. 
Now, I think an argument can be made that it'll be remembered because it's a sign of the power of fans. It's a sign of the power of the fan base being able to have a direct impact on the film itself. And so I, I get that aspect to it. But for me, like out of these choices, which again, also the choices were, were, were limited, but out of these choices to me, I feel like out of all of them, Tenet is the biggest and therefore has a better chance of being remembered. But again, totally understand uh, Sonic being chosen here. Again, I, I went with uh, Tenet myself. Uh, because I actually was a fan of Tenet. I know not a lot of people were, but I thought Tenet was was very good. I think the concepts that were presented in Tenet were were brilliant. And I think that they will uh, be able to, especially the way that they were able to handle the use of time. But I can totally understand why a lot of people would also think that it was uh, forgettable as well. But anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog, congratulations, Sonic, for winning this year's Raven Award for Most Iconic movie will it be remembered for years to come only time indeed will tell all right let's see what the chat says about this mark 63366 says you will learn how wrong you are when sonic 21 comes out oh no i don't think that they're not gonna make more sonic movies i'm not saying that at all but does that define what is iconic does how many sequels a movie get define whether a film is iconic or not i don't know uh bruce says i voted for sonic because it will be remembered for that context they listen i think that's a fair argument that's why i said i understand the logic as to why many people probably chose that one for sure rob d says in 30 years from now people will actually be able to understand a tenant that's a fact yes maybe they'll finally be able to actually fix the uh <laughs> maybe they'll actually be able to fix the the audio quality that for some reason Christopher Nolan refuses to fix. <laughs> uh, let's see, 105 people still watching on YouTube. Please smash the like button uh, on YouTube. It really does mean a lot. And please light the fire, light up the fire button over on Odyssey. We are indeed streaming on Odyssey at the same time. Uh, Tubu says, Sonic, the parts that I remembered because of Jim Carrey's Robotnik going totally over the top. The Sonic part the movie of the movie I forgot. Oh, okay. So it's interesting for him, the Sonic parts he totally forgot, whereas the, uh, the Dr. Robotnik scenes are the ones that he remembered. That's interesting. Uh, Laura, by the way, has confirmed Tenet is on HBO Max now. So yeah, if you want to give that movie a chance, um, feel free to do so. All right, we'll go over now to our next category. And that is uh, another one of these categories that I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of because it, it goes towards the negative. And so the next category is most pointless character. The most pointless character of 2020. And so for this year, we've got several nominees. The nominees for most pointless character are... Harley Quinn from the movie Birds of Prey. Steve Trevor from Wonder Woman 1984. Cassandra Kane from Birds of Prey. And Cheetah from Wonder Woman 1984. So Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 1984, both of which have two 
nominees in this category. A little bit of history before we announce the winner. In 2018, the most pointless character was L337 from Solo A Star Wars Story. I remember that year. And boy, oh boy, did it deserve it. And then back in 2019, Rose Tico won for Rise of Skywalker. Once again, another character that totally deserved to be uh, the worst character of the year for sure. Someone pointed out that they're all DCEU nominees. Yeah, that's correct. Um, the, the, the people were spoke, the, the people spoke on this one, by the way, not another dime. Thank you for the $5 super chat. Thank you for that thumbs up, man. I appreciate it. Definitely helps the channel out and you're awesome. So anyway, most pointless character of 2020, the winner of the Raven award goes to cheetah from wonder woman, 1984, This was another one of those categories where there was some splits, right? There were a lot of uh, opinions on this category. I'll go ahead and pull this up. It uh, It was not as close as other categories have been. Cheetah had 36% of the vote. The second place finisher there was Steve Trevor, who had 28% of the vote. Cassandra Cain with 21%. Harley Quinn with 15%. With the vote totals, Cheetah got 65 votes, whereas Steve Trevor got 50 votes. So uh, pretty overwhelmingly uh, for most most pointless character, uh, Cheetah. Yeah, absolutely. And if anyone actually saw the movie, you know Cheetah was terrible. By the way, I wanted to choose one of the worst pictures um, of Cheetah that I could find. And I couldn't find any of the CGI pictures because... The screen's so dark, you can't even see what's going on. So instead, I got this, I think it's a piece of fan art someone did of Kristen Wiig with with the cheetah-looking makeup on her instead. But anyway, absolutely pointless character, terrible character, and uh, just just not worth it. Rob D says, I agree with Cheetah. She was sidelined as the villain, the Green Goblin in Spider-Man 3. Pretty much. Absolutely pretty much. All right, let's go to another category here. We'll go ahead and move on. Uh, keep keep this keep this party rolling. This is oh man, for some people this might be the most important category. For some people this might be the one that they've been looking forward to, and I can totally see why, because this category, whew, it's it's got some real winners here. So let's talk about this next category, and we'll give a little bit of history about it too. The category is for Shill of the Year. That's right. We have our Shills of the Year, and let's be honest. Everyone nominated this year completely fits and deserves their nomination. (laughs) So as I said, for some people... This is the most important of all of the categories. <laughs> yes, yes, all the Friday Night Tights people who, who have lived through the work of Perry Chan, absolutely working well uh, with the terrible... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So the nominees for Shill of the Year for the year 2020 are as follows. Grace Randolph, who everyone knows for her soul, which is incredibly grating. 
John Campia, Kathleen Kennedy, and Scott Mendelson. So there's a lot of history in this category, but first, let's define how we on the channel define Shill of the Year. So, and as in Asgard, we define Shill of the Year as a person engaged in covert advertising. This shill attempts to spread buzz by personally endorsing the product in public forums with the pretense of sincerity, when in fact, they are being paid for their services. Now, I will say it was a bit of a surprise to see Kathleen Kennedy mentioned in this category, because though I do think that she is a despicable um, part of the establishment elite in Hollywood, I don't know if she really, for me at least, uh, fits in the shill category. But anyway, that is how the people nominated. So these are our nominees for shills of the year. And again, really in the end, they're all shills. Eric K, by the way, thank you for being a member 10 months in a row at the Army of Asgard level. And Edgardo Martinez, thank you for being and joining as a member at the Citizen of Asgardian level. But a little bit of history about the shill of the year category. There's some fun ones in here. So, (laughs) Rotten Tomatoes, who did not get nominated this year, the site Rotten Tomatoes won last year. So, Rotten Tomatoes, the site, won last year's Shill of the Year. Obviously, it was well-deserved because, remember, last year uh, was the year that they changed their website um, to try and protect certain movies. And then we also have some multiple nominees and winners. So, John Campia, King Shill himself, John Campia, is a three-time nominee. John Campia has, has been nominated every single year. Every year of the Raven Awards, he has received a nomination. He has never won. He has never won. And Scotty Boy Mendelson, someone I've talked about a lot, especially in my box office breakdown videos, Scotty Boy Mendelson is also a three-time nominee. However, he did win the first ever Shill of the Year Raven Award. So we've got a lot of winners in here. Again, John Campion and Scott Mendelson being three-time nominees. Scott Mendelson having won this one time himself and Rotten Tomatoes having been a previous winner. But anyway, there can only be one winner. And the winner for this year's Shill of the Year goes to Kathleen Kennedy. Congratulations to Kathleen Kennedy. She won. And as I said, I was I was surprised to just even see her nominated in the first place. Because she's not really who I have in mind when I think of a shill. Um, but yes, as Tina says, fade in. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think that might be... What actually pushed people to her is the whole fade in, fade out nonsense. Because man, oh man. Uh, Yeah, exactly. As Tina says, boom, right what I just said. Exactly. The fade in did it in for her. Yep, hashtag fade in. And I I think that makes sense to me. I will say, this was also uh, relatively close. But Kathleen Kennedy did win by 20 votes. Uh, the way it broke down for show of the year, Kathleen Kennedy got 65 votes in second place. I know a lot of people wanted it 
In second place was Grace Randolph. Grace Randolph had 45 votes. Kathleen Kennedy had 65. And then in third place was John Campia with 35. In last place was Scott Mendelson with 34 votes. But Kathleen Kennedy handily won this year. Handily won this year. So... Congratulations to Kathleen Kennedy for being the shill of the year. But let's be honest, when it comes to shill of the year, NBC of the year, all of them, just for being nominated, are are winners in their own right. So, as Grace Randolph would say, one of the biggest awards of the night, going to Kathleen Kennedy. I know. Laura comes in saying Grace is a loser in the loser race. (laughs) I know, right? Is it worse to be the winner in the loser race or the loser in the loser race? That is the real question. That is the ultimate question. Phonemo says, I demand a recount for shill of the year. Well, there are no recounts, but what what I can say is this. If you're frustrated with the nominations this year and the winners... Next year, make sure you pay attention and get those nominations in. Because as I said, I was working with 40 nominations from 40 people. And I had to make it where if you got two votes for nominations, you automatically got in the running. And I had to do it because (laughs) there was no other way of doing it. Uh, So if if you're frustrated by that, again... There's always next year. Um, and let's see if Scotty Boy Mendelson can get a four-time nominee. And let's see if John Campia can get a four-time nomination. I think that it will be pretty easy for them to do. Harvick says, am I the only one who thought Cheetah didn't look too bad? Mostly because of the close-up shots? Nah, dude. She looked She looked bad. Cheetah, Cheetah looked bad. The, the issue is, is that you were you got distracted by the low lighting. The low lighting they use on purpose to hide just how bad the CGI really is. But no, it, it was that bad. Uh, Laura says, Grace wants to talk to the manager. Well, I'm sorry, Grace, but uh, you, you lost the loser's rage. Father says, is it best to be buried in a grave that's known or to be buried as the soldier unknown at Arlington that's honored by everyone? It's an odd statement, Father. <laughs> uh rob d says disney's getting disney is greatly disappointed in campia for not winning guess he's got to shill harder yes yeah, seriously john Campia's like no i didn't win <laughs> that'd be awesome if if some people actually were like <laughs> actually like took it seriously to the point of being like i can't believe i didn't even win a raven award that make me happy Gomer Kyle, thank you for becoming a member on the channel. I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know uh, there's so many upset that Grace Randolph didn't win. Again, she got second place. But the people spoke and the people decided to go with fade in, fade out Kathleen Kennedy. Which, as I said, um, it, it does make sense to me when you bring in the fade in, fade out comments. So... All right, let's keep this ball rolling. So let's go to our let's let's put the shills of the year. Really, in the end, they're all shills of the year. 
right? At the end of the day, they're all shills of the year. So congratulations to all of them for being nominated. Um, this next category, again, uh, there's gonna there's there's a lot to be said here, a lot to be said here. But anyway, the next category is most critically acclaimed piece of garbage film of 2020. Yes, that's a mouthful, but I think it I think it deserves it. And the way we describe this category is not only is this movie overrated, it's also terrible. So it's not just overrated. Now there's a category for overrated movies, but these are overrated movies that are also bad, that are also complete garbage. So for most critically acclaimed piece of garbage film of 2020, the nominees are Mulan, Wonder Woman, 1984, Cuties, and Birds of Prey. Now, I will say, I was not looking forward to being reminded that Cuties actually exist. Because it was already disturbing enough when that movie was was making the rounds and causing a lot of people to cancel the Netflix subscriptions and I think um, very worthily so for them to cancel that. But anyway, this is a great category as far as really, again, making it clear this is not just about a film that's overrated. It's also a film that's complete and utter garbage as well. Some facts on this, some history on this, um, previous winners of this category. Uh, in the first annual Raven Awards, Black Panther actually won this award. So a lot of people, a lot of people thought that that movie was not just overrated, but also terrible. And then in 2019, Captain Marvel won. That one made a lot more sense to me than the Black Panther one. But Captain Marvel absolutely made sense. But there can only be one critically acclaimed piece of garbage film. And this is actually one of the few categories where it wasn't even close. It was a complete and utter landslide. So the winner for the most critically acclaimed piece of garbage film is truly some of the most disgusting filth that has ever been put forward by any production company. And based on what we heard about the audition process, based on what we saw in the most disgusting clips to ever be put out for a actual mainstream movie being put on a mainstream platform like Netflix, the winner and therefore the biggest loser is, of course, without any hesitation, Cuties. So congratulations to Cuties. God help those children who went through that process. God help everyone who defended that movie and tried to make some defense for it. But Lord Almighty, Cuties. And I don't even want to have it on my screen anymore to remind me that that movie actually came out. And, and just to show you 
how overwhelming it was for most critically acclaimed piece of garbage. Cuties had 60, had 70% of the vote. Cuties had 70% of the vote in a category with four nominees. It had 123 of the 179 votes. So all I can say is thank you to the Asgardian community for putting that movie in its place in Raven Awards history as truly being a piece of garbage film that for some reason, and there's a lot of reasons that we could think, it got so much critical praise and so much protection. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. But anyway, not applauding this winner. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I am happy to see it get destroyed as handily as it did. But yeah. Uh, Rosie212 says, I don't get how Hollywood talks out both sides of its mouth. They claim girl power and then they embrace that filth. Exactly. It's pure hypocrisy. Rob D says, Cuties managed to piss off both sides of the political, spe- uh, of the political spectrum. How does one manage that? It's a great question. It's a great point. Somehow, some way they did it. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Standing while pooping just donated 14 lemons. Well, thank you for the lemons, but you can't uh, actually comment for about an hour. And the fact that your profile picture is someone who should not be promoted or supported as a hero uh, makes me actually, yeah, go, yeah, you know, I'm just going to ban you. Because, yeah, that, that man does not deserve to be praised. That man was a criminal. That man... That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. But thank you for the lemons, though. Appreciate that much. Anyway. uh, Let us now go to our next category. So let me get this set up so I can move on from the image quickly. The next category is most overrated film. So again, the last one, it's, it's overrated, but it's also just trash. Like the movie itself just sucks. These are movies that are overrated, right? They, they may not be bad movies. They, they might be okay um, in the end overall. But anyway, the nominees for most overrated film of the year, and there's a lot of movies that are having a lot of overlap here, are Birds of Prey. I'm thinking of ending things. Tenet and Wonder Woman 1984. So again, the most overrated films of 2020, Birds of Prey, I'm thinking of ending things, Tenants, and Wonder Woman 1984. So history here, um, this actually doubled up with the previous category in previous years. So in 2018, Black Panther won most overrated film and critically acclaimed piece of garbage film, and Captain Marvel in 2019 also won both overrated film and critically acclaimed piece of garbage movie as well. But this year, we do have another winner, and we do have, because of the nominees, a movie different from the last category. 
So the winner this year of the most overrated movie of 2020 is, of course, Wonder Woman 1984. Congratulations to Wonder Woman 1984 continuing to pick up the L's in this year's Raven Awards. And uh, yeah, remember, and for someone asking and wondering, but was it really overrated? Remember when the film first came out and the access media was giving their early reactions and they gave the movie certified fresh ratings. Remember how it was certified fresh when it first came out because those initial ratings made it high enough so that opening weekend, anyone going to see it would have said, oh, it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. So even though the score eventually went down, even though the score eventually evened out a little bit, this film absolutely deserved uh, this this Raven Award this year for most overrated film because I really think it was the most overrated film uh, for that very reason, for the way that they were able to actually uh, get it, right? For the way for them to actually get the movie prepped enough. And guess what? The access media had no impact on the box office. No impact on the box office. It still ended up losing a ton of money. Ton of money. Anyway, uh, let's just check all the different places. Cool. I think Odyssey is still up, I think. Let me uh, refresh this. I know someone said that someone going live could have crashed it, but... Um, it looks like Odyssey is still still going up, still going strong. Good to see that. Of course, YouTube still up as well. And uh, yeah, Rosie G12 says it's unfortunate what happened with Rotten Tomatoes. It used to be a good reference. Yeah, because you used to be able to see the objective understanding. Because typically critics would take reviews from a much more objective standpoint, but then you also got the audience reaction too. And you could normally trust both of them because normally if the critic reaction was very high and the audience reaction was very low, you usually could tell, okay, there's something not quite right here, right? Maybe this is one of those snooty Oscar bait movies that most people don't like, and that's normally what you could get from it. Whereas if you saw a movie that had a high audience and critic rating, you were like, this has to be a good movie. Um, Yeah. Gomer Kyle 79 says, I've seen 15 minutes of Birds of Prey and Wonder Woman 84, and you don't really need to see any more than that, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> uh, Hardwick, I'm not going to say who was in the profile picture uh, because it's a, uh, it's about modern events, and I just don't even want to get started on it. Gomer Kyle 79, thank you very much for the super chat he says grace randolph cried in her wonder woman 84 review that's right she did she did which is why in my head grace randolph should have gotten chill of the year but hey the people spoke the people spoke they made their voices loud and clear all right now let's go to a more positive category so we have we've just had our most overrated film Let's now go to the most underrated movie of 2020. So this one, we actually have a few movies here. So the most underrated films of 2020 are Extraction, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Love and Monsters. 
So all three of these, I think, fit this category for different reasons. Love and Monsters, no one saw. And so therefore, just by that very nature, I think, is underrated. Got a couple of votes, so it's what made it squeak in, right? Even though not <laughs> no one saw it. Um, I think because I nominated it and one other person nominated it, it got into this category. But hey, uh, just was happy to see it get in the category nonetheless. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, of course, is the movie that most people, it was one of the only films a lot of people actually saw. Um, so it makes a lot of sense for that film because obviously that did not get a lot of love from critics because critics obviously don't understand why fans liked it. They don't understand why fans like it. And then Extraction is a Netflix film that also didn't get a lot of love from critics either. So again, all of these really fit that category very well. The underrated film, uh, some, some facts, some other underrated movies, so, previous winners. Back in 2018, Aquaman won the Raven Award for this as being the most underrated film. And then in 2019, it was Alita Battle Angel that was the most underrated film. And I think both of those absolutely uh, fit. And yes, Gomer Kyle, I will say, Love and Monsters is a good film. But there can only be one winner this year. And so, the winner for the most underrated film of 2020 goes to Sonic the Hedgehog. Again, no real surprise here. Sonic the Hedgehog getting a lot of love tonight. Getting a lot of love in all these categories. And it was indeed underrated. And it is indeed a film that a lot of fans of the franchise are very happy to see. Um, and we're very happy to see. So congratulations to Sonic the Hedgehog. It won by a fair margin. It got 46% of the vote out of the three. 83 votes to second place, which was Love and Monsters. They got 51. I was very happy to see Love and Monsters get, get 51 votes there. Was very happy to see that get some love, for sure. Anyway... Let's go ahead and keep this rolling because it's 9.34 and I was hoping to try and get the stream ended by around 10 or so. So anyway, thank you all for being here tonight. Smash the like button. Light up the fire button if you're still watching on Odyssey. Again, this is the first time that we're doing a simulcast over on Odyssey at the same time. Really hope that we're going to be able to continue that simulcast in future streams as well. And I can see there's a lot of Sonic fans in the chat. Edgardo Martinez says, Sonic was good for what it was. Yeah, I can agree with that for sure. Laura, indeed. It's a quad stream. It's a quad stream, y'all. Absolutely it is. All right. Now let's go into the remakes. So we got two categories dedicated to remakes. And they, I think, do need to be explained. The first one is what we describe as the best Pointless remake. Now, this is an important distinction because we understand, and this is a, this is the description that I have underneath this category. It says almost all remakes are pointless, but sometimes they are actually pretty good. Sometimes remakes are are actually pretty well done, and yet with the limited number of people nominating this year, we did have crossover between best pointless remake 
And then the other category, which is the most unnecessary remix. So some of these nominees you're going to scratch your heads at, I think, because this is supposed to be for best pointless remake, meaning it was a remake. Yes, remakes are pointless, but hey, it was a good remake. But the people spoke, and I, I can't change what the votes were. So the nominees for best pointless remake are Mulan. Doolittle, The Invisible Man, and Emma. Yes, Mulan somehow <laughs> got nominated for being apparently a good remake. And the reason why that movie, I think, got in is because there are a lot of trolls who like to control things and like to control the uh, the outcome of things. And so because there were just a few people that were trolling their choices, Mulan got enough nominations to be put into the running. Same thing happened with Doolittle as well. For me, if you were asking me which two deserved some recognition, I never saw Invisible Man, but I heard it was actually a pretty decent film. And I did see Emma, and Emma is fantastic. I think Emma absolutely uh, was a solid uh, movie. I've never seen the originals, but Emma as a movie in general was was very good. But this is for the best pointless remakes. So these are remakes that are actually good movies. The winner for the Raven Award for the best pointless remake of 2020 goes to The Invisible Man. Congratulations to The Invisible Man for being, yes, a pointless remake, but at least, according to the members of the Asgardian family, you were a good remake. You were a good film. Anyway. Congratulations to the Invisible Man. Congratulations. Um, <laughs> Alejandro says, how about renaming the categories to best remake and worst remake? Because all remakes are pointless. So I like having it as best pointless remake and most unnecessary remake. And then I give you the descriptions so that way you know exactly what's being talked about. Whether you listen to the descriptions or not, that that's totally up to you. So, Tina apparently is having some tech issues. Sorry to hear that, Tina. Uh, Gomer Kyle says, Elizabeth Moss, I just don't care for. My wife started watching The Handmaid's Tale. It's terrible. Yeah, I've, I've heard it's pretty bad, especially from a, a political point of view as well. Uh, I do think Elizabeth Moss is a good actress, though. I do think she's talented. It's just sad that she's known for, for that show uh, in particular. But anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and, and keep this a rolling along. Uh, they're pointless because, especially when, as I said, most remakes, I think, are pointless because typically when a movie's remade, the original, for the most part, is good good on itself, good on its face, and doesn't need to be remade. So in my mind, most remakes, therefore, fall into kind of a pointless category. Like, again, look at these movies. Um, you know, this, unfortunately, was best pointless remake, but it'll make more sense, I think, 
in the uh, the next category. So anyway, let's go ahead and get into that next category. And so this is for the most unnecessary remake. And so these are, again, remakes being mostly unnecessary. These are ones that truly crossed the line. These are ones that were really bad and also were just... Ugh, caused anger and frustration all around. So, the nominees for this year's most unnecessary remakes are as follows. Mulan, <laughs> Doolittle, and The Witches. So this is this is where I just I thought it was pretty funny because Mulan and Doolittle somehow got nominated in both the positive remake category and the negative remake category. <laughs> Again, that's what happens when only 40 people actually participate in the nomination process. <laughs> but this is where it makes a little bit more sense, right? Because Mulan, a remake, completely pointless. There was no need to remake it, and it was bad. Doolittle, again, also a remake. Terrible. Doesn't need to be made. The Witches, the original, fantastic. Hey, why did it was need to be made? It was terrible. Anyway, <sighs> that's the way it goes, though, sometimes. But anyway, there has to be a winner, and this year there is indeed one. The most unnecessary remake of 2020, to most people's not surprise, is, of course, Mulan. Congratulations to Disney's Mulan. Disney finally picking up here a win not in the category that I'm sure it was hoping for, but hey, Mulan, absolutely, there was no need to remake the original classic animation, because man, that original animation from 98 was so fantastic. Uh, yes, Doolittle was not needed. The Witches, there's a much better version of the film uh, from many, many years ago. Unfortunately, it exists now, though. But Mulan absolutely takes the cake here. So uh, congratulations to Mulan for, for winning uh, the most unnecessary remake of 2020. And uh, I forgot to do my history for previous winners. So uh, the first annual Raven Awards, the most unnecessary remake was Ocean's 8. Because it essentially was a remake of the Ocean's movie. But they decided to make it a female-centric cast instead. And it just add nothing new to the table. So it's just completely unnecessary. And then in 2019, the second annual awards, uh, the Lion King live action remake won. So I think it's very fitting that two years in a row, Disney has won a Raven Award for the most unnecessary remakes. So congratulations to Disney there. Rowdy says, no one wants to see Dr. Doolittle without Eddie Murphy. No one wants to see Robert Downey Jr. in a non-Iron Man or Sherlock Holmes movie. I agree. Gomer Kyle uh, says, Moulin Rouge was better. <laughs> Father Christopher Miller says, whoever wins, we lose. Again, facts. Edgardo Martinez says, seriously, who watched Witches? Um, the original I liked. Uh, Edgardo Martinez uh Got that, Ernie. Harvey says, the thing that stinks the new Invisible Man movie is that Elizabeth Moss isn't invisible in it. Uh, again, I think I, I think that she's a talented actress. 
Father says, speaking of of Oceans 8, I think 5,000 will get you 10,000 that Odin has never seen the original Oceans 11 with Sinatra. That is true. That is true. I have not seen the original as such. However, I would say that the remake of Oceans 11, the first one, of course, um, was a good remake. All right. Let's go ahead and keep on moving then because, uh, yeah, getting closer to the time that I wanted to end at. So let's go now to the best low-budget movie of 2020. I love this category. I love showing some love to movies that typically wouldn't get as much attention, usually. Obviously, there are some exceptions, right? One of these uh, nominees, actually, is right now a a front-runner for other awards, but we all know that the Ravens matter more. But the nominations for the best low-budget movie of 2020 are Fat Man, which was made for $20 million. Freaky, which was made for $6 million. And Nomadland, which was made for an amazingly low $5 million. So the criteria for this category, and this is one of my favorite categories because I think it is unique, and I think that Again, lower-budget films do need to get recognized more often. But the criteria is that in order for it to be deemed low-budget, according to the Raven standards, is that it has to be $20 million or less. And Fat Man came in right at $20 million. But still, Freaky with uh, Vince Vaughn came in at $6 million. Nomadland, $5 million. Again, kind of crazy that that movie was able to come in at such a low amount of money. Previous winners, though, in this category, uh, the first annual uh, Raven Award went actually to a fan film. Vader, Shards of the Past, won that year with a budget of $164,000. And then in the second annual Raven Awards, Parasite, Tina's favorite movie, won And that was made for $11 million. But this year, as always, there can only be one winner. And the winner of the best low-budget movie of 2020 is Fat Man. Congratulations to Fat Man, starring Mel Gibson, Walter Goggins, and let's just be honest, Fat Man is a great little film. It's a great little gem of a film. Made, again, very low budget, $20 million, but it has a great story. It's a lot of fun. There's a really fun action scene at the end, and it's just, again, if you're a Mel Gibson fan, you're going to like the movie. Mel Gibson and Walter Goggins, both fantastic actors, and I think that it's 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 worth enjoying if you, if you, uh, if you are a fan of those people specifically. I think it's definitely worth the time. Edgardo Martinez says, give Mel Gibson some love. Damn right. Father says, Fat Man is awesome. Enough said. Dang right. Uh, Rosie G12 says, body swap movies are ridiculous. I think that there are some that are better than others. Gomer Kyle 79 says, never heard of Nomadland. It actually is a very good movie. Um, It's very, very solid. I want to say it's on Hulu right now still. And it's actually very well done. Uh, Father says, even if you aren't a Mel Gibson fan, you'll enjoy Fat Man. Yeah, I'm not saying that only Mel Gibson fans will enjoy it. I think that it's just a fantastic movie. 
Robbie says, is Fat Man subtitled in English? I know the poster's not in English. That was my bad uh, for choosing a non-English poster. It is an English movie, so don't worry about that. Tina says, hashtag Death Parasite. Nobody remembers that stupid movie, but you and the Oscars. There are others, too. There are others, too. Hardwick, it's 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 okay. It's it's okay, Hardwick, that I said Walter Goggins instead of Walton Goggins. And uh, I don't care about who's winning at the Oscars tonight. So you can uh, share that with the others, but I'm not going to read it because I don't care. Uh, Tube You says, would have gone with witches. That was from a, a category ago or a few categories ago. All right. Let's go ahead and go into the next category. We're getting into the final four categories of the evening. Final four categories of the evening. So we've already had our worst story of the evening. Now let's go to the best story in film for the year 2020. The nominees for best story in film are Soul, The Gentleman, Minari, and Tenant. So, best story in film for the year 2020. Minari, Soul, Tenant, and The Gentleman. A little history on this. Back in 2018, Avengers Infinity War took this award. And back in 2019, Joker took this award as well. This year, we do have a new winner. And the Raven Award for best story in the film for 2020 is one of my favorites of the year, The Gentleman. Congratulations to The Gentleman for best story in film. Congratulations, gentlemen. Truly one of the best films to come out in the year 2020. And again, the story is one of the best reasons why I cannot really sell any more just how great The Gentleman is. And the story really is one of the driving factors as to why that film is as good as it is. So people over there on DLive are saying there are there was voting fraud. There's no vote fraud. I, I, I'm, I gave you all the actual numbers themselves as far as how these worked. Um, it was actually very close. So for best pointless remake... Um, I was glad I ended that one when I did because uh, Invisible Man won by two votes. So for the best pointless remake, Invisible Man won 62 votes to Mulan 60. So that was almost uh, getting there. For most unnecessary remake, Mulan got 81% of the vote with 145 votes. For best low-budget movie, Fat Man won with... 51% of the vote, 92 votes, to Nomadland's second place, 54. Freaky got 33 votes. And then for best story in film, The Gentleman got 42% of the vote with 75 votes. Uh, the second place there was Tenet with 54. So, again, I, I'm about as transparent as I can possibly be. A lot more transparent than what you'll find over at another award show that we are boycotting. Gomer Kyle 79 says McConaughey and Marson Ad Farrell got to see it. Oh, man, the cast is truly fantastic. All right, let's go ahead. Next category. 
This is a big one. This is the one that I, uh, let's just say that there's going to be people who are split on this one. All right. Next is Lifetime Achievement Award. And specifically, we look at people who are overlooked. We look at people who are the most overlooked in cinematic history, in the history of film and, and Hollywood. And so the nominees this year for the Lifetime Achievement Award are just two, Kurt Russell and Sean Connery. Two awesome, incredible actors, both, I think, very, very deserving to be in this category, to have received these nominations. Uh, previous years, in 2018, Stan Lee won for Most Overlooked Person Lifetime Achievement Award. So Stan Lee won back in 2018. And then in 2019, <laughs> to my surprise, kind of, uh, Keanu Reeves won in 2019 uh, for Lifetime Achievement Award. But again, these are the people who got the nominations and that's, again, why. If you're like, what? I don't understand or confuse. Next year, make sure you add yourself to the nomination process. Because as you can see, those that nominate uh, have a pretty pretty big uh, impact. But yes, absolutely. Rest in peace, Sean Connery. Um, with that being said, the winner for the Lifetime Achievement Award Raven Award for 2020 is actually Kurt Russell. That's going to cause some controversy, but Kurt Russell is indeed the winner of the Lifetime Achievement Raven Award. And and I again, I know that there's a lot of Sean Connery fans that are not going to like that, but it's actually it, it was not even very close. Kurt Russell took 61% of the vote here, 110 votes to 69 votes for Sean Connery. So again, uh, that was actually a big surprise to me. I thought Sean Connery was going to walk away with this for sure. Um, but I think I think the reason why uh, people ended up going with Kurt Russell more is because of the overlooked factor, right? Because in the Raven Awards, we try and look at people who don't get a lot of attention. And I think Sean Connery has gotten a lot of attention in his career, has gotten a lot of appreciation in his career. Whereas Kurt Russell, I don't think, has been given as much uh, as much love, as much attention as he should have. And so that's why, to me, it makes a lot of sense for, for Kurt Russell uh, to have won this Raven Award. Slicer Nyan says, music cellophane, Mr. Cellophane, should have been my name, transparent, our father. <laughs> uh, Rosie says, everyone who voted for Kurt Russell should immediately go watch The Man Who Would Be King and Robin and Marion. Again, it's not about who's the better actor. It's about who's been overlooked. Uh, Gomer Kyle 79 says, Kurt Russell also came out on Hollywood. Yeah, I think that's another reason, too, is that um, Kurt Russell is seen as someone that very much goes against the Hollywood trends. So I, I think that that is also a reason why. Yeah, I think that he's also underrated. I think that those are all uh, legitimate reasons there. All right, let's go ahead and get to the end. We've got two more categories. So here is, this is one of my favorites. This has a very prestigious name. 
It's a very prestigious award. This category is called the Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence in Crap World Building. This prestigious award is for those movies that truly sucked in every way. So basically, this is the worst movie of the year, but we call it the Kathleen Kennedy and Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence in Crap World Building. And so the nominees this year for Kathleen Kennedy Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence in Crap World Building are Wonder Woman 1984, Artemis Fowl, and Birds of Prey. So, here we go. Um, before announcing the winner, though, some some facts. Previous winners of this prestigious award back in 2018, A Wrinkle in Time won this award. Very much deserving. Back in 2019, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker won this award. This year, we do have a new winner. We have a new champion at the top. The worst movie of 2020. The worst movie of 2020 as voted by the people. And this year's winner of the Kathleen Kennedy Ryan Johnson Award for Excellence in Craft World Building goes to Wonder Woman 1984. Congratulations, Wonder Woman 1984, racking up several Raven Awards this evening. For some of the worst categories of the evening. Yeah, Bruce says we did it. <laughs> yes, it is almost 10 p.m. my time, and that's why we have one category left. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this mother up with the last category of the evening. And yes, Gomer Kyle, I will agree. If you had to make me choose, Artemis Fowl is absolutely the worst. Of these movies, but hey, I understand more people saw Wonder Woman 1984. And uh, the breakdown on that was Wonder Woman got 42% of the vote, Artemis Fowl 22%, Birds of Prey 36, Wonder Woman 76 votes to Birds of Prey's 64 votes. All right. We now have our final category of the evening, though. Thank you again, everyone who has supported this stream tonight. It really does mean a lot. We still got 92 people watching on YouTube. We got some people still watching over on Odyssey. And, of course, we've got the DLive fam watching as well. But let's go ahead now and uh, let's go ahead now and finish this sucker up. The last award of the evening is what no one should be surprised by because... We like to keep this one a little bit simple. And that is, of course, Best Movie of 2020. And the nominees are The Gentleman, Tenant, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Mank. So again, the nominees for the Best Movie of 2020, the very best, Gentleman, Tenant, Sonic the Hedgehog, and Mank. And once again, some history for everyone. In 2018, the winner was Infinity War. In 2019, the winner was Joker. And if you've been paying attention, Joker and Infinity War kind of 
swept the shows that year for the very best. This year, we do indeed have a winner. This year, though, as in previous years, this category is decided based on weighting the votes. So it's not about who gets the most votes. It's about which movie truly is the most liked. That's why when you voted, you had to put your movies in order from first to fourth place because it can indeed have an impact. So let's go ahead. We're going to go in reverse order here. We're not going to announce a winner right away. We're going to go in reverse order. In fourth place, building up some suspense here. In fourth place, the movie was Mank. So Mank was in fourth place. In third place, Tenant. Tenant had uh, a lot of love in the midsections. Not as much love on the top sections. And this will give away the winner. And so I will announce with the two remaining films between Sonic the Hedgehog and The Gentleman, the movie that came out on top with a whopping 56.4% of respondents choosing it as its first choice. Sonic the Hedgehog. Congratulations to Jeff Fowler's Sonic the Hedgehog. You have won the biggest award of the evening for the Wednesday Raven Awards, the third annual Wednesday Raven Awards, Sonic the Hedgehog, based on the Asgardian community and those that have voted, has won. Best movie of 2020. Gentlemen, of course, got in second place. Uh, It had 20% of respondents giving it first place. 23% giving it second place and then had a lot of love in third place with 41%. And because of it getting third percent, uh, much, much more than first or second, uh, it put that in the second place position. So Sonic the Hedgehog, again, best movie of the year. Gentleman being second, Tenet being third, Mank being fourth. So that is it. For the Raven Awards. It's been a fun show, everybody. Thank you for watching. And hopefully, as the years go on, we can continue to to raise up the quality of the show, improve the graphics, get some more videos in here, maybe even get some special host and make it more of a collaborative effort. Would love to have other people reach out in that way. But... I wanted to give a place where y'all could go to, where you could boycott the Oscars. Because, again, remember, the one of the primary things that this is is a boycott of the Oscars. It is also, of course, to give you all a voice to say what is the best and the worst in the year of film. So think about already movies that have come out this year that you might want to see nominated for the best and worst of next year. There's already been at least a couple of really awesome movies to come out so far, and there will be many more, of course, as well. Yes, someone said a red carpet event, Jedi Starship. Yes. So thank you uh, to Tina, to Steph, to Laura. Thank you very much 
Uh, they are my mods, and they've been doing a great job this evening. Shout out to everyone for your love and for your support. This has been a ton of fun. Laura, it's a short story. Thank you for the $20 donation via Streamlabs. Laura, you didn't have to do that. Thank you so much. She says, thank you so much for hosting. Buy yourself something pretty or chocolate. Definitely the ladder of chocolate. But anyway, thank you all so very much for, for being a part of of the channel thank you also to the odyssey people watching tonight again odyssey is now an option for people to watch uh two of you thank you for being a constant uh supporter over there uh before we end the show of course i'm gonna shout out the people that i normally shout out uh my members who are at the army of asgard level and above and that will be gomer kyle 79 window liquor your Muslim uncle, Kara Tharp, Eric Jewett, Rich the Savior, Dadman Walking 55, M Tax Shark, Forever Sci-Fi, Rosie G12, Andrew Hoyle, Eric K, Orange at Reviews, Adam Avery, Twirly Wolf, Jay Stowe, and Eric, sorry, Jay Stowe and Aiden Vickery. Thank you all very much for being supporters on the channel. D-Live fam, thank y'all very much for support tonight. Uh, for the couple people over there, chest opening will be, of course, delayed to another date. But thank you for the support. Odyssey fam, thank you very much for the love and support. Please be sure to drop the fire, uh, light up the fire button over there. Uh, Divine Dragoon, thank you also for supporting over there as well. Uh, Son Goku, thank you very much for the $5 super check coming in at the last minute. It says a round of applause for the host. Odin, thank you very much. Son Goku, thank you for being here. You were very active in the chat. I appreciate that very much so. Uh, the winners of the Raven Awards will be posted at some point on the site if you want to go back and, uh, and check that out. But anyway, you guys have been amazing Shout out to the Valks before you go. Shout out to all of the members. Also to anyone who donated tonight as well. It really does mean a lot. Uh, I've done about five and a half hours of streaming today. So it really does uh, mean a lot. And it's always a lot of fun for me too. And so I, I hope that you did have fun. Hope that you're able to enjoy something that was award-oriented. Talking about the best and worst without having to deal with any of the craziness that the Oscars has had going on so far. But anyway, you guys are great. So again, shout out to Sonic the Hedgehog, the best movie of 2020, according to the Raven Awards. And a shout out to Wonder Woman 1984 for being the worst movie of 1984. You guys are awesome. I'm going to bed because I'm exhausted. Have a wonderful night, everybody. Thank you for making the Oscar sorry for making the Wednesday Raven Awards uh continue to be a thing. Three years going on. Can't wait for the fourth annual one. Pay attention for when those nominations go live though. Because uh it's important. Have a wonderful day. As always, God bless. And now for a huge shout out to all of my April Patreon and Subscribe Star members, Andrew Hoyle, Animation Commentator, Bifur de Hobbit, Brian P. Divex, Enrique Evangelista, Dion, Father Christopher Miller, Hail to You Father, Father Damian Cook, Garrett Searles, Humor and Hobbies, Inflamed Wood, It's a Trap Productions, Jason Clark, Jacob Juice, Jeffrey Toon, Jonathan Carney, 
Lance, Laura Story, the Modern Major General, Mike Jackson, Mad Mitch Dunaway, Mr. Peabody, and his evil twin with the beautiful hair. On to June, Orange Hat Reviews, Out of Step with Reality, Priscilla Hall, Riff Magos, Rosetta Allen, Steve Glasker, Teresa Martin, Theodore Benden, Tina Bojan, and of course, the Empress of the Universe, Tina B. And to my subscribe star remembers, Remembers? Subscribe star remember. <laughs> I did it again. Subscribe star members. Fast reaction. Nosferatu Gatsu. Stand for John B. Perpetual Punster. Mr. Roy. Glinzer. J. Alex McCarthy Jr. Dean Heiss slash the new number two. J. Rod the Beer Guru. Nevanon G. Adams and ZK Man. Thank you to all of my Patreon and Subscribe Star members. If you want your name shouted out at the end of every single video and live stream, check out the links in the description to find out how to sign up on Patreon and Subscribe Star. Also, you'll find out how to get access to things like giveaways of Blu-rays and 4K titles and digital codes, and also access to an exclusive podcast for my Keepers of the Bifrost and also the chosen of Valhalla level where you can not only get all of those things you also get a t-shirt and get to be featured on a live stream once a month hosted on the OMB reviews channel anyway if you want to have access to any of those things check out the links in the description for patreon and subscribe star for more information you guys are all amazing and beautiful people I hope you all have a wonderful day and as always god bless